0: Hey everyone, this is Captain here for Not Another Meeting, you know, a podcast about tech and all other stuff. And I know you guys don't want another meeting, but this is going to be a fun one. And so, right beside me here, I have Say. So, Say, you want to introduce yourself? Hey guys, uh, I'm Say.
1: Like, uh, wait, when we do in the introductions, do we like go back to like when I say, like, you know, I worked in data, I worked in
0: ML? Just do a quick one. Hi.
1: Okay. <laughs> Hi again. Not that. <laughs> Hello. Uh, yeah, that's that. That that's, was actually. That's it. it.
2: That's <laughs> it. Okay. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, be here, and uh we were excited to have another episode with an actual name. Um, yeah.
1: You should go through like how you pick the name, actually.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very quick story. Yeah. But. But yeah, based <laughs> on, <of, laughs> but based on our past discussions, um, uh, we, the originally, uh, the original idea was calling it tech debt. And then I switched and then, because I just thought, okay, like, you know, it sounds clever kind of, I guess, cause like we're all doing things about tech and, um, but then I was like, and, and it would be like a nice play on word. Um, and also it's like, you know, we're just covered in shit ton of work. And, like, this would be, like, a shit ton of ideas that were covered in the podcast. So then after, we just used ChatGPT from the last episode of, like, coming up with ideas as well. And so we had a list of ideas. And and some of them were kind of interesting. Like, one of them that we came up with is, uh, um, what was the code one? The soul Code? Soul, soul Code. Yeah. <laughs> so we're trying to, like, figure out, like, how to combine tech and, uh, and uh, spirituality. So, you know, Soul Code came up. Which is kind of interesting, and yeah. but it, like it kept on doing this thing where it would put like two
1: like two statements together, one to do with like spirituality, one to do with code, and putting and in between, like quantum quirks and cosmic clicks. <laughs> and, I don't know. <laughs> There's yeah. something off.
2: I was trying to like add a bit of our like background on it, so I was like, you know, I was giving it some context, saying how we're all like, you know, from the same kind of background, but for some reason it thought that just because we were all from asia we we're from the orient <laughs> so it was giving like oriental names like from pixels to zen um what was another one um, the
1: dao what was the the
2: dao digital dao <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there was one from um, something from the orient so yeah Chad gpt has some inherent yeah
0: yeah stereotypes Anyway, so, like, we came up with a bunch of stuff. And then uh, and then the other ones was, like, I'm not going to give away the other ones just because, well, I guess because, like, we're not creating another podcast. So this is the name we're keeping with. So, yeah, the, yeah. This, we had other ones like, uh, you know, Backlog of Thoughts or, you know, Patch Update. But, you know, ultimately, like, we wanted something that was also friendly to people that were non-technical, too, um, in the name. And also something funny that, you know, there's a kind of an inside joke for a lot of tech people we all know that like engineers a lot of us hate meetings and so and then i thought about okay like how do british shows name stuff because like we we like to do sweet you know short and sweet ones in the west but in like in in north america but like in the in british shows they tend to have like these long names like whose line is it anyway so i thought like okay why don't we just like take that idea Right, doing something a little bit more crazy, and uh, that's where not a, another meeting comes from because we don't. A lot of engineers don't like having meetings. And because
1: of that, like I don't know, like a full sentence, it has like a tongue-in-cheek effect to it, which I really like. Like not taking itself too seriously, type of thing. Mm, and, yeah. yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah.
2: Just um, something from like my perspective, going from like more of a engineering to more like oh. the business side of things is as much as we don't like meetings there is that kind of bias towards us on how we are not we're poor communicators and whatnot so for those future like engineers i think it is a very underrated skill and you can hate meetings but you should definitely be honing your communication and um collaboration skills because those are very important
1: because you're more in that position than either of us right because you're yeah. more in the product like i don't know like interaction, interaction yeah and strategy
2: yeah, and yeah more like cross-functional yeah teams and whatnot yeah Th-
0: that's a very interesting point and that actually is will segue into the what we want to talk about which yeah. is like today's topic is going to be about remote work mm-hmm. and you know what you described is like an important skill like a soft skill that a lot of engineers like undervalue and and we we'll, we can go more into it in a bit, like about like how, you know, in me how like you want to develop a cu- a culture, and relationships and and be social, and how those are very important in, in an organization. Yeah. But but let's yeah like I mean that actually segues directly into what we wanted to kind of talk about. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, yeah. Y- younger generations as well, like people as- aspiring to be in this space. I think it it is. Uh, It is something that is less talked about even just like in terms of like your curriculum in undergrad like if you're doing comp sci and whatnot
0: Mm. there isn't
2: a lot of like courses that teach you how to like do these kind of things so right i think if we can share some of our experiences it might be cool
0: yeah like so for me like i came from
2: okay before before we move on yeah Forgot to introduce oh, yeah. the
0: main oh, my man. Goodness. <laughs> is... See, that's why mochi is not. <laughs> yeah, that's why he was
2: barking man. right now. He's yeah. like, "How dare you, now the mochi?" Think it's mean. mochi. All right, yeah. all right. Wave. All
0: right. All right. Mochi,
1: wave. This is uh. She's sleepy and also barky. You might hear some intermittent woofs, but you know. I just I just called her main man. Main,
2: main man. Main man. <laughs> not getting into the gender stuff anymore. Okay, well let's let's uh, move okay. on. <laughs> <laughs> like, like back to oh, she's, <laughs> she's looking at me mm. all right sorry captain
0: yeah yeah had, yeah. To, had to introduce Michi. um so yeah again today's topic is going to be about remote work and you know we i think it's such an important topic um especially like first of all the backdrop of like how the you know how it's affecting the economy and like you know who's working who has a job who doesn't have a job um in terms of layoffs It has an effect on, like, so it's having an effect between employer and employee relationships currently, but also like, you know, um, how does that, you know, what does future work look like? What is our, what has been our experiences going through this entire thing? Cause like we, we came from a world where pre-pandemic where we were working in offices and then after we're not. So what does that, what does that mean? And what does that feel like? Where's this going? Um, so yeah, we want to kind of touch on all those things and hopefully, you know, there's a like a younger crowd here, like listeners mm-hmm. and all even like, you know, whatever your age may be, maybe there's something that you can take away um, in terms of like how we deal with the situation um, that might be useful for you. So having said that, let's start off with um, what we kind of want to talk about is like, is like, first of all, uh, we've been reading a lot of news about the layoffs, um, and it's been affecting a lot of people, to be quite frank and honest with you guys. I've been affected by the layoffs myself, Um, but not for the reasons for for what this topic is about, which is basically what's happening is like, if you like in Facebook or or whatever Meta and other companies where there's this threat of like, hey, you know, you need to come back from remote work that, that was taking place during the pandemic and actually come into the office at least a few days a week. Um, and of, and a lot of engineers, of course, resisted that. Um, and they used that as kind of a excuse to lay off a lot of these uh, engineers, let's say.
1: Well, I mean, uh, so I was thinking, like, maybe, like, I don't know if they actually directly laid them off. What actually happened? Or, you know, I have no statistics on this. Oh, maybe I this didn't happen. But, like, maybe they could just cause natural attrition, right? Because oh, yeah, high yeah, performers yeah. that right. want to work remote, mm-hmm. um, they're going to leave for another company that offers them that
0: if it's
1: that high of a priority for them.
0: Yes, yeah. So yeah th- thanks for correcting me. Because, like, if they were laying, laying getting laid off, then, like, they'll severance. get severance, right? Yeah. And in this particular case, they're not getting severance if they just, like, quit.
1: Exactly. It's free
2: yeah. it's Free layoffs. The, the irony there is is that, like, how like meta is focusing on like you know quest and like augmented and virtual reality <laughs> moving towards the space of like the ideal remote work environment but then they're like no no we need you guys to come into the office
0: <laughs> Zuck's like yeah because like uh, i remember that at that time zuck was like oh, we found that you're much more productive when you're in the office than not than not. And it's just like just <laughs> tanks and arms yeah it's like so you're uh you want people to like uh be in their underwear in uh (laughs) sitting behind a table and like and uh but it turns out it's less productive according to him at least Yeah. yeah yeah
2: i think it it is like like covid definitely like accelerated the the whole remote work environment like we were naturally going to lead to towards that state but with the pandemic especially for for like the gen z gen zers right Yeah.
3: Uh,
2: yeah they were already kind of born into a digital world that was naturally going into remote work and then all of a sudden this pandemic hits and it's you know they have to quickly like at least from from our end, we have, like, that mix of, like, what it was like to be in the office, and now we have a taste of
1: what remote work is like. Mm. So that messed them up sometimes, I think, because, yeah. uh, like, I mean, I'm, like, my example is not even about work, but, like, like I have a sister who um, is f- just about finishing up university right now, and in her um, first couple of years, she uh, had to do everything online, which was... First of all, I mean, like, you know, when you don't get to, like, I don't know, meet your new peers that you have been dreaming of going to this place for your whole life, basically, um, it affects things. And also the lectures. Like, I always liked, like, an online type of, like, lecture environment, but maybe I didn't hmm. appreciate it enough. That, like, going in, seeing the prof, seeing everyone around you take notes. Um, but she, like, first of all, she is more extroverted. Than like, that definitely affected her mood and the quality of the work that she was putting out. Mm. Um, all of this is to say that, like, when I think of remote work, sometimes, this might screw up my job opportunities if someone wants to hire me, like, <laughs> hybrid or something. But, like, you know, <laughs> like, it makes me, like, somewhat, like, frustrated because, like, it makes me feel like this person wants to micromanage me. If, like, say that someone's giving me an offer, it's like, yeah, it's, like, hybrid or it's, like, full in office. Um, but I think one of my goals for this podcast is to maybe change my mind on that. Maybe I mm. want to like, I want to view, I want to almost convince myself of the opposite to see, like, I don't know, like, because there are benefits. There are benefits to both sides, and like, that's kind of where I want to take this. That like, you know, I don't want to just be like frustrated about like, you know, like not everyone b- thinks the same way that I do. Mm. But yeah, mm. there's like different types of people, and I want to explore the benefits of both. But yeah, some people heck, some people don't even want to like go in. Like, some people want to go in like constantly, not even hybrid. Like, they need to be around other people. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I don't know. Are either of you like that? So for me, like, um, <clears throat> I think uh, I'm an int- I'm a strong, a very strong introvert. Um, even though sometimes I might not seem that way, like I am extremely introverted. Um, I love to my my quiet time, my own time, and it really recharges me. But the thing is that like, what I, what I learned is that like, I mean, th- I learned before the pandemic that is that we're naturally just social animals, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's, something, that's what Aristotle said. It's like, he used the word social animal. Mm-hmm. I can, don't social creatures. What?
2: Social creatures.
0: Social creatures. Okay. Yeah. Social creatures. I
2: think
0: that's what it was. Um, and, and that's inherently true. And so like, what you, I realized is that like, okay, so this was crazy. I, so the pandemic to go, let's go back a little bit doing some storytelling. So, you know, the pandemic was kind of like the slow thing that was happening in the background. Every month you get this like little bit of tinge of updates. It's like, have you ever watched uh, Shaun of the Dead? A long time ago. (laughs) Okay. It's (laughs) It's the British one, right? Yeah. The British one. If you haven't watched Shaun of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead, I highly recommend it. And what's so like, interesting the way they show it is like you know they're doing going about their day and then all of a sudden you'll see like a zombie in the news or something like like or like you'll see like kind of someone acting weird in the background as like they go to the pub or something like that and they go do their groceries someone else is acting weird and then slowly slowly you start to see the news changing and being a little bit more like concerned and then like you know the pen, the, the zombies kind of hit and that's exactly the experience I had which is like it was like oh you know this is nothing and then and then like slowly and surely like it was more of a concern and then like when it' slowly started to, when it really hit me it was a was like I was at an orchestra listening to Final Fantasy music you know it was crazy it was crazy yeah in Montreal like it was it was my dream to listen to Aerie's theme from Final Fantasy 7 like that with a live orchestra mm-hmm. and I got a chance to listen to it and I, but then the conductor from Japan couldn't come because of the pandemic or the or the covid mm-hmm. at the time
1: but they still held the whole
0: yeah yeah cuz it was like everyone else was just normal right in canada it was just okay. like normal things were happening and then and then all of a sudden like yeah the next like month or something like that then all of a sudden it's like i uh, i go to the grocery store and like everyone just like packing up their toilet papers and like the pasta session, section was missing like all the pasta mm-hmm. and then like and then like um one of my co-workers told me uh you know you should probably pack up your laptop this uh week before the weekend starts so um come monday we don't know if we're uh we're gonna be in the office i'm like what and then starting from monday i was working from from home that's when the lockdown started and um around that time and so what i noticed though is like Going through that one year experience of the pandemic mm-hmm. and, and working from home, all those like, you know, little tiny interactions I'd have in the office were, were completely gone. And now I'm trying to like, and now I'm like hanging on to these Zoom meetings where like, where like, there's no small talk. And, and so the, the way I connected with people is no longer happening. And guess what? The first day I came into the office, which was the following year, like, because we still had our office leased, I come in, I sit down, and within, like, a few hours, like, my mood would just, like, I just felt so light, and I was like, what's, what's happening? I was just so, like, happy and blah, 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 because I was talking to people, interacting with people, and, like, and, like, you know, I thought because I was an introvert, like, I wouldn't feel those things, mm-hmm. but I absolutely did. And, it, and like, just coming to the office and just having coffee with someone, having that connection, because there's a lot of things that are happening when you see someone in person, like, all the details in their face and things like that. And that's, those are things that we don't, like, consciously observe, but, mm-hmm. like, but, or consciously think about, but they actually affect us a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I think I found out that, like, uh, like, recently, I, like, I work fully remotely, Um, but uh, we had this um, kind of thing where, like, everyone was, like, kind of, like, flown in, or, like, they'd come in from, like, you know, wherever they'd work in normally uh, to Toronto, and that was actually one of my favorite things, because it was just for two days, Um, Mm -hmm. and... Sorry, this was uh, pre-pandemic? No, this was very recently, Um, and, but, like, where it connects is that, like, I felt like definitely a lot happier than I normally do. I think that wouldn't have continued if it, for example, was full in office for the next like two, three weeks. Right. But for two days we were like, like doing team building exercises and we were all like, I don't know, in person. And I was, yeah, like I felt that same thing. I was like really happy. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where my perfect middle is where like you agree that like being in person has its benefits, but Mm -hmm. it's benefits have nothing to do with getting into the flow of work um, where its benefits lie are more tighter bonds and communication so that like people can understand each other better um, and do some sort of like team building yeah I think you raise an interesting
2: point is I think that is like work shouldn't be where we get our social fix, right? Work is work. Okay. So I think that the reason why we have been, and this is just me shooting the shit, is like why we we think that is important is because maybe we've been so immersed in that work culture of, you know, being constantly like commuting in and out of work where our work consumes majority of our time, where we haven't had the opportunity as much to go build, connections that we want to not that we have to because you know you're at work and you're kind of like it's like family right Mm -hmm. like you you don't choose family you're born with it right similar kind of thing would work i think it's a revolution
3: Mm
2: -hmm. and there's always going to be friction to change but it's inevitable it's it's going to happen we are all social animals i agree with you there and and that's why i'm going to go back to this quote because i don't want to do my man Aristotle injustice. So, I'm gonna read it out Just right. so we have the full context. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: You wanna share it on the, uh, the screen capture here? Uh, I don't
2: have, I'll, I'll read it out. Okay,
0: okay.
2: Okay, so man is by nature a social animal, an individual who's unsocially, sorry, who is unsocial naturally and not accidentally is either beneath our notice or more than human. Society is something that precedes the individual. Anyone who either cannot lead the common life, or is so self-sufficient as not to need to, and therefore does not partake of society, is a, either a beast or a god. Hmm. And this man was, so essentially what he's saying is that I, I he's saying that uh, humans are naturally inclined towards living in communities, forming social structures, and engaging in political life, which is fine, right? Like, we can do that without doing that in work.
0: Mm. I see what
2: you're saying. Like you like just in in terms of like commute, if you think about commute on average, like especially if we just take Toronto into consideration. Mm. Majority of people, I would say, spend anywhere from like 30 minutes to like 2 hours commuting. That's a lot of a yeah. lot of time. Yeah.
3: yeah. You know, that
2: could be spent being social. But w- like with like by choice, not because you're at work and you have to.
0: So you're saying like by the time you, the the, the amount of time you're saving, like, you know, you could be like networking with um, someone else in the industry or, you know, maybe some other thing that you're interested in. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe it's like you want to connect with like uh, a badminton friend that you 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 know, and build up and maybe that badminton friend is doing something interesting and, you know, like, doing something like that rather than spending that time, like, building your, necessarily your social connection purely at work, like, with other co-workers is kind of, right. kind of it. Like, where you can actually invest that time in other connections Yeah. That, that are meaningful to you. Yeah. And it might not be meaningful to connect with someone internally at work. Yeah, I think...
2: it just comes down to our ability to be social, right? Like, if you practice it. I, again, for me, like, this whole introvertedness, extrovertedness thing, I the labels are, it's very blurry to me because I I don't think it's your it's binary like that, mm. right? Like, you can be, at, like, at times I'm very introverted, yeah, but there's times where I can be extremely extroverted. It just depends on my social battery, my, you know, my me battery. Like, it, it, it varies. And I think, I, 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 and I know both of you well enough to say that you guys are also on that kind of like gauge, right? And depending on where you're at.
1: I think that we should really define introvert or extroverted because, um, mm. so let me tell you like the definition that I've heard. Um, it's not like a lot of people believe this, people who are like, like you know, like are excited around other people. They're uh, not shy. They're like the extroverts. But the definition that I've been taught is that, like, the extroverts gain energy from being out and talking to people, while the introverts gain energy from spending time with themselves. Or lose energy when they're... Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I would definitely not classify myself as a shy person. If I'm in front of, like, people, I'll take my chance. I'll talk to as many people as I can. And then I will be dead tired for the next 72 hours.
0: Um, I'm, I'm, okay. the I'm the same way, I'm the same way, like, there was this time period in my mm-hmm. life where I had to do, like, a lot of meetings, like, I was doing some volunteering, mm-hmm. and, like, literally, like, if it was back, to, like, day after day, like, having long meetings, like, the day, I would, I'd literally be like, I'm not responding to me- text messages, I'm not responding, like, even to my family members, I wouldn't even, <laughs> I would not even <laughs> respond to text messages for the next, like, two days right like i just to like purely energy re-energize myself like mm-hmm. i'm getting like with more practice you don't have to do that as much like yeah need that recharge time is yeah as much and of course like like uh like from my understanding is that mo- the vast vast majority of people are ambiverts right like they yeah. they're both extrovert and introvert and it's more of a spectrum right mm-hmm. um and, and, yeah, so, like, I find even when I do, like, the MBTI test, like, the Myers-Briggs test, sometimes, like, there was a period in my life, sometimes it would be an E. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's but then crazy. Yeah, sometimes. But then, obviously, 99% of the time it would be an I. But, but
2: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think, just going back to the original topic, I think the, the revolution is happening. Like, we are headed towards remote work whether you like it or not, the challenges, there's there's a few key challenges. Number one, skill development, right? Um, especially for younger generations. Um, wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. Before we, we get to, to we, the challenges. Are we talking? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's. Uh, is there any other like things you want to talk about in terms of like... Just like our, ex- yeah, I guess like the first part. Yeah, like, yeah, like experiences. Yeah, and then like uh, after talking about experiences, I think we should maybe touch on the, the benefits first. Sure. Um, I think you kind of, you're kind of leading leading the segue into that.
2: Um, yeah, what, what I was trying to say, without without even getting into that, is what I'm trying to say is that it's happening, but the infrastructure is not really fully there. Like, we, it, we're we still kind of in the, yeah. really in the middle of it. Like, yeah. we haven't figured out how to, like, fix these key, like, problems that we, we know are there because of remote work. Like, some of them we quickly touched on now, and we'll get into in, yeah. in a bit. But I don't think there are, like, major roadblocks. I think mm-hmm. we can we can overcome them with the help of all of this tech that is coming Mm -hmm. in or is, is is either in the works or has already been rolled out.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, like, I think like it's not here to go away for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, now like in terms of like, you know, what I can think of like as a good thing about these things and what my positive experiences have been, um, first of all, it saves the company (laughs) a lot of money and there's a negative here, which is basically the, a lot of the costs are being put onto the workers, basically. Like I had to pay for bandwidth, more bandwidth to do my work. You know, I had to pay for, the, like, I mean, like whatever desk and thing, setup that I needed, right? So there is like a cost structure that the company saves by, by shifting it towards the employees, which is a positive and a negative, right? So the positive is towards more towards the employee, uh, the company um mm-hmm. but also like so the positive for me was that like if i needed to do something like you know i needed to do my laundry or if i needed to see doctors because i needed to see quite a bit of doctors during that time and um it was a co- lot more convenient um to remote work um even though i was allowed to you know go to the doctor whenever you know working right. in an office but it was just a lot more convenient for my place if i wanted to grab a coffee or whatever or like you know, maybe I wanted to just lie on my sofa for a little bit to to think, right? Like, it was just more comforting for me to be there. Yeah. So there's a lot of, like, uh, um, yeah, like, a lot of niceties in that way. Like, the flexibility is the mm-hmm. way, I guess I'd put it, mm-hmm. that I got from remote work. Um, and then, yeah, like, definitely reduced meetings because, you know, you're not chit-chatting a lo- as much. You're not doing small talks. So the meetings are more f- more uh, on the, more focused i guess and so yeah so that segues
1: into what like the last part that I, before we move on to like kind of like i don't know just the current state of remote work is that so i played devil's advocate enough yes it's very very nice to meet people in person great but i strongly believe this is what i'm very like this is the first thing that comes to my mind whenever i see anything on remote work it is impossible for me to get into flow like in office and i've worked in office it's like it's just it's not gonna happen like Mm -hmm. when i'm like like in my like four monitor setup you know my perfect chair my perfect keyboard mouse it's like i have and could work for like you know 12 14 hours straight now whether that's healthy that's not the purpose of this Mm -hmm. but um there's no way I could do that at work and get like in office and get that much work done. And it's hard for me to empathize or believe with, that anyone else can. Um, now, I'm not saying that's the be all and end all of productivity. Sometimes maybe uh, it's possible. Again, devil's advocate, gotta play devil's advocate. That like if you meet in person, you get enough bonding done and you understand the person enough so that you don't need to put in 14 hours of work. Maybe maybe that's the other side of it. But I wanna hear your guys' thoughts on like I don't know, is like like is flow even a thing for you? Like if you go in the office when you're around other people? I don't know.
2: Yeah. No, that's a that's a great point. And I think Captain can probably speak to this more, but like flow is definitely a thing. And the biggest like distraction to that state, it's kind of a meditative state in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Is is another human. Right, like if you mm-hmm. if you Yeah especially when, when we are in the kind of a lot of a lot of tech spaces are more like that startup vibe where it's like open spaces, cubicles, with like some ideation rooms and whatnot. Um, it's very difficult to like, unless unless, maybe like you're trained to get into that state in that kind of environment. It's very hard, at least for me, to to get into that state if I'm if I'm in like uh, a space that is like you know people are moving around and it's not something that is like to my liking or it's not set up my way and especially like now with with uh, coming back from remote work there's not really even assigned seating anymore in a lot of companies like you you have like your neighborhoods
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you just go in and you kind of reserve a, a desk mm-hmm. okay. and uh you know, so it's it's not like you're getting the same kind of seed. You can't like customize it to how you want. You can't put like a plant somewhere or like, you know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, like I mean,
2: yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts about like the the like losing that medit that that flow state when when you're like, engaging somebody, even not even like in a conversation, but even just making eye contact or having like other people in your space. Yeah. I think that could disrupt that state. Uh,
0: okay so I, I actually um i actually for me like i actually found that i worked harder in an office than than at home um what? yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'll tell you why yeah right? i'll tell you why it makes sense basically what happens is that like i think and this is another thing that i think a lot of engineers don't think about because they think very functional but it's so important and this is why like I really appreciate, you know, the arts a lot, which is like it's a, having a strong appreciation for what the environment, how the environment affects you and your relationship to the environment. Right. So it's we can't just think about simply like, oh, I work in an office and this is kind of like we're interacting with people. And then when I'm um, at home, I'm not interacting with people or, um, you know, or. You know, I'm at home, I'm more comfortable. It's more complicated than that. First of all, if you have kids, you know, at home or you, you have a wife or a husband or whatever it may be, um, there's a distract, a roommates. you can have distractions there or you have to set up certain s- work around certain schedules between two people.
3: Mm.
0: But in my case, the issue was is that I live in a studio apartment. So what happened was that there was no delineation between... My bedroom mm-hmm. space, my work space, uh, my 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 oh, life space, and my workspace. Yeah, yeah. So what ended up happening was like, oh, if I needed to think about something, or if I'm like having a tough time, I'll just go lie in bed and just like browse the internet on my on my or re- Reddit or on my phone. Yeah. And and then I just made me less and less productive because my brain was like associating yeah it was associating with like oh this is life it's this is life work
2: mode. work is like the lines get blurred very yeah it quickly. gets blurred yeah. and
0: the more blurred it becomes mm-hmm. like the less productive you become because like whenever you're trying to work you're also trying to be on a little bit on life mode mm-hmm. and so i actually was or less productive around. and then so then going into the office i immediately could switch to work mode and it was like fantastic because i, I could do that and in in our in our uh, old office what i was able to do is like go into a meeting room mm-hmm. if i really needed that quiet time yeah. yeah but going back to even like focused work and going to flow um i forgot what the book is but flow is not just a individual thing that i think that's where a lot of people make mistakes oh. there's actually called you know things like group i don't know if it's called group flow but there is flow that's associated with working in a group right so when you're brainstorming ideas together or collaborating there is flow that happens between individuals and I've experienced this a lot like when yeah I have because I'm I, I like to think of myself as like a good soundboard mm-hmm. for a lot of people and um, that's kind of something that I pride myself in and and that happens because, you know, I'm in this flow state with this other person and we're just bouncing off ideas one, or, one or off yeah. another. Yeah.
1: I've heard it happens with people who are in, like, bands together, like you're playing an instrument together. I think that happens. Uh, not that I would have any experience with that. <laughs> I'm very musically challenged. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I heard that's, like, a very common occurrence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever had the pleasure of experiencing that honest with you. really
0: like i mean you are kind of experiencing it with us though right yeah that's true right that like true. having yeah. this conversation that is flow but yeah. i will say it's different okay. um
1: how it's different is that um i don't know when i'm coding it's completely i'm like i'm completely unaware of my body i think that's what the difference is um while like i'm here like, yes, it's very engaging and I feel like, yes, like we're bouncing ideas off each other. But I, I'm, I'm not experiencing that loss of body. Experience. You're plugged in when you're coding. Like, it's like, I could be a brain in a jar and I wouldn't notice. Without a doubt, I would not notice. And that's what kind of kept me so disconnected to my body. Right. Um, before, you know, we started working out together. The, right. Before, like, I went into this and realized the importance of being connected with your body. <laughs> um but yeah, it was like I was of the opinion that the body didn't matter. I would have been happy being a brain in a jar because it's, that's where I've ex- i at that point had experienced the greatest amount of pleasure and like, you know, like actually being like hooked into
0: something. By like, the way, that's like another podcast Yeah, a that's a maybe. whole other <laughs> Yeah, cuz like cuz like I was fucking shitting on this guy for thinking of it that way, like being a <laughs> brain, a lot brain it. in yeah. a jar. Brain in a jar and like the importance of like how like your body is like is part of your personality. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. part anyway. of
2: your brain for that matter. Exactly. <laughs> you need, you yeah. need a physical body, the whole thing to be like in yeah. a state for it to be I mean, at an optimal.
0: Ner- your nervous system runs throughout your entire yeah, body. Yeah, so. exactly.
2: So yeah. Captain, going back to your original point about the having, like ha- getting into that state uh, in the office, I think that has to do with our, our generation because now you have this kind of like you are in your, You've been in two places, you know. You grew up and you kind of were trained in that collaborative in-person space and now we're shifting towards the remote. So you, so that's your kind of natural habitat, right? So yep. naturally you're going to have some challenges when it comes to getting into that state at home. I don't think necessarily think that is going to be a problem a major problem for for people that grew up in a more of a digital world
0: so okay i mean so i don't interact with Okay, just to clarify for all the listeners here i'm a i'm a millennial um <laughs> and so it's clarifying and, and i think b is a millennial too uh and say you're kind of in between i'm a what do we what do we I think we found a name for it. Yesterday, millennials. Millennials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the reason I mentioned this is because, B, I, what I wanted to ask you is like, you know, you probably I haven't got a chance to interact a, a lot with Gen Z in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you have. Yeah. And do you notice that difference? Like, like what notice? Like what differences you notice? Because, because the thing is, say, was mentioning her his sister, who is a, clearly a Gen Z, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Clearly. Yeah, so. And she had issues with, with uh, being in that, uh, not having lectures, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So like being in a more of a remote situation. Right. So, but I w- uh, that might not be for everyone. So like, yeah, I'm just yeah. curious.
2: I was just specifically talking about the tech space. Right. Okay. I, I could be, I'm not sure about where your sister's at, but I could see that being a problem in the arts and whatnot. But in the tech space, I see that as like, I think, Even if you think about it, like, historically, like, tech folks have been more like, you know, I think they've preferred that remote work environment more, just being in their own space, you know, having to, like, maybe play some games during lunch in their own space or do their own thing. And they are a little bit more introverted, in a way. So I think it's they naturally fit into that remote workspace,
0: yeah but even so like yeah this is where i i highly just like i'm skeptical and and disagree with like like a lot of engineers in general about this stuff because like yes you know their own opinions about this or their experiences that this is better for them but if you're actually probably to measure mood or you know yeah all these other like more objective measurements like i don't um I don't know if that would be a net positive because, like, even if you think about the situation where they're able to do their own thing in, the, yeah. in a space, like, let's say they want to play games or whatever, or if they're just, like, doing their own thing, the fact that you're with other people in that space makes mm-hmm. a huge difference, right? Um, yeah. Even if you're not interacting with them. It's just like, it's just like you know, if you are to spend time with your girlfriend or, you know, whatever, and, like, they're doing their thing and you're doing your thing, You still feel connected right like like i don't know say like do you feel that way like
1: um like if uh okay in a way um my favorite and i think that like a lot of my friends are actually like yeah we talked about this where my favorite state is like um being alone with someone like they're somewhere in my vicinity like within the next three meters yeah, But, you know, like, obviously... Exactly three meters. Yeah. Not, not, not
0: not two meters, not one meter, not four meters. 3.00 I have a tag <laughs> on my girlfriend that when she comes beeping. closer than one meter, it yeah, starts, starts beeping. beeping. Further than four, it also starts beeping. Does yeah. she get electrocuted if she goes
1: <laughs> past four meters? So. I think that's crazy, crazy. If I did, I Son would of say, a say bitch. so here. There's a perimeter. Son of a bitch. <laughs> There's a perimeter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh,
2: crazy crazy man but again this whole i see i see this as being obviously i see this as being a a big problem as well as like that collaborative nature of things and you know the the benefits are definitely there you know the social aspects of things the the soundboard i think that's that's key in collaboration but that can easily be fixed in in vr
0: right okay i mean vr will be um another topic yeah, yeah we'll get to sure, it but, but like i'm just but like no, no 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 but the reason why i say this because like um uh we can think about even in vr like just to touch on touch on it a bit like that is the opposite of remote work in a way like if you get it to a high high enough fidelity right you're going backwards at that point right in a way not
2: necessarily because to, you're not tied to a geographical location physically right
0: yeah but the but the point is that you're now in, in a quote-unquote physical space with someone else and we can talk about what that means but like but what i'm saying is like right now we're at this low fidelity state where we're okay maybe okay maybe this is a good good kind of um, thing to talk about the definition of remote work mm-hmm. right mm. I think I think the way I'm thinking about it is some sort of either asynchronous communication right um, or some delay in communication where the cadence of like mm-hmm. uh, pacing in a conversation and like reading each other's expressions creates that like that in, that dynamic mm-hmm. but now you're adding friction to that and that's remote work maybe is the way I'm kind of thinking about it Quick side
1: thought that w- we should do an episode on Neuralink because of that, because that would probably increase the fidelity, right? That would remove what you're talking yeah. about. Well, uh,
0: yeah, there's there's a host of issues yeah, with yeah. <laughs> that <the Yeah>. one. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, go ahead with that. Um.
2: That's a very precise description you have of remote work.
1: Hmm. Um. Uh, uh, at uh, yeah. current time like I, I do agree with that yeah, because I, I don't think that there's any way to do remote work where well okay what do you count as a
0: delay because while you're on google Meet,
1: is there any delay to your thoughts
0: to, yeah so you'll notice okay so like um inherently in communication when you're communicating with people there's there's a lot of subtle twitches in your body language in your, yeah. yeah in your in your oh. face and body language and that is an impedance yeah. to the yeah group. or even like the Absolutely. cadence of the way we speak like if you notice that over a zoom call or, or google meet like you have that like moment where like go ahead go ahead right like so when you interrupt someone you're like oh wait sorry go ahead right and that's happening because like there's just this, m- this micros like this mm-hmm. few milliseconds or whatever delay where you're not reading, getting the right read or the right thing communicated to you to take the cue, the correct cue, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you, so it's almost as if like, if you want to be a better, and this could, we'll go, we'll touch on this later, is like, like how to deal with these circumstances and being remote work is like, being in a Zoom meeting or a Google Meet meeting or whatever, like a remote meeting is a skill in itself. Like, The fact that you might have to wait a little bit, and wait for them to finish their thought Mm -hmm. before you step in, whereas like when you're in a flow state with someone in person, it's like oh like oh that's a cool idea oh yeah oh yeah look what about this idea what about a snowball that's like jumping off a roof and then like and they're like wait 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 what roof and they're like oh yeah this roof and I don't know some some people this yeah yeah. no I get the gist of what you're saying
2: I think that just a a lot of that and not all of it could just easily be fixed by bringing in a third-party company to do some remote work etiquette for your team really i think so easily easily like we it's a new environment and no like we have never been in it it, that that well like immersed in it right until now and i haven't had like anything to do with uh, like remote work etiquette i've had to go out of my own way to try to learn that right so if you had that at a like a at a, at scale, where even even if you had like brought people in in person, and and just you know did like a session with them from someone that is an expert in that field, because there are a lot of things like what are the best practices, what are some things we can do to um, kind of express body language better, to m- make it as optimal as possible, um, I think that could. That could solve a lot of the problems that we're talking about right now.
0: Yep, yeah, yeah, you can obviously do some sort of training for a mm-hmm. lot of the stuff, and we did. We did. Oh, like you did my okay. really? Yeah.
1: Okay. How did that? Because that's we that's have a section on that. I'm willing to do it oh, now. We
0: can, like, we can, we can go uh, back to it later. But, but yeah, I'm like, really curious about that. Yeah, because I think that's something that a lot of people could benefit right, from, right? right from. Sure um so for me okay you can you want to go B first like what you? no got?
2: i mean we like this is this is something that i haven't professionally gotten from anyone so if you have oh yeah, okay, like okay. That, me I've, either. yeah, yeah. i just had to learn it on my I own i didn't
1: know it was a thing i just like put it up like maybe we have ideas i didn't i didn't know it was a thing no, yeah like, yeah, yeah. Sure i mean is. this is
0: okay so like what happened okay so going back to the um how i was talking about the fact that i live in a studio apartment like mm-hmm. how do i deal with that circumstance right How do I get into a state of, like, work mode when you live in a a studio where you don't have this delineation between work and life because your bed is near your computer desk? So the way to deal with it is, like, two ways. One is you actually, like, create the space, that is conducive to separating those two things out. So mm-hmm. one way of doing it is like I I hired an interior designer to to fix this issue, which is basically like, and I, you don't need to do that, right? Like you basically what I did was like put a curtain, um, around my bed, and so when you look at my studio apartment, like there's a separation between my desk I've and seen the bed, that happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. of the curtain, yeah. and that alone stopped me from going to my bed to go read Reddit. <laughs> that alone yeah that single step right isn't that wild like yeah just yeah. that small little change in your environment can make that big of a difference so now did
1: you not just read reddit on your computer
0: now no no wow no it was just like i went into work mode um and then i also have like a a sofa area kind of thing like a small area so I'll instead go there to, like, lie down. But, yeah, I'll maybe browse Reddit. But it's not necessarily, like, oh, I want to take a take a long break, right? Like, right. It's like, it's just, like, a quick little thing that I might do um, because it's a t- completely different space for me. Yeah. And then the other thing is, like, okay, let's say you don't want to create that separation and change that environment. Instead of changing your environment in space, where you put up this curtain, you change it in time. So you create a ritual. So, for example, there's this couple that like the story that um, the instructor gave us was uh, this couple where they lived in a very tiny space, I think maybe in New York or something. So they had this single dining table and they didn't have space for another table or like a desk, a separate desk. So what they did was they would eat their breakfasts on their dining table. Right. And then in order to go into work mode and use that same table as a desk. They would do this ritual of lifting up the desk together, and or the table together, and moving into a different area within the same studio apartment, and just by doing that ritual, you're like your brain's like, okay, it's work Work time. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And then at the end, but but it's also important to shut it off. Shut it off, right? So just as important as to turn on from life to work you have to shut it off and go back from work to life so what they do is like they have an ending ritual too which is like moving that table yeah. back yeah to become a dining table again Right. yeah
1: i've i've heard of people using cues like all, i forget who it was but they said that they would put on different shoes for different things i mean of course the obvious mm-hmm. is you put on running shoes or whatever yeah. to go to the gym but not just that like he put on like a different pair of sneakers to like for, like, one thing at work while he put on it, like, brainstorming. Well, another pair of sneakers if he was in a meeting, or yeah. something like that. And that yeah. might be, like, you know, off the other end of this, but, like, it's yeah, cues, I guess, like, really help. I've never, like, actually put a word to it like that, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, uh, there's there's one way of thinking about it, and uh, you can look up a book called Alter Ego. Um, I forgot the name of the author, but basically, the author was the coach for Kobe, Br- like, he. He worked with Kobe Bryant to come up with the the, the alter thing. ego effect. You were talking alter about ego the, effect, like, yeah. Uh, Herman. I didn't find it that useful to try to get me I, like it didn't work for me. But I found a different way of like going about the alter ego, mm-hmm. and it's the same idea of a ritual, which is like you put on these masks throughout your day, your life, right? Yeah. Where like okay, one if you want to become like um, if you want to become like uh, like a like a like let's say you want to be a a killer on the on the basketball court right you you have a ritual to turn that on right um maybe you play a character or personality Mm -hmm. you think of it when you do that Yeah. yeah yeah the black mamba right so it's the same idea like you have a ritual of either moving the table or if you're meditating you have like a ritual of like thinking about your loved ones before you start your meditation that's that's in Buddhism. Interesting. Um, or like thinking about the world and loving everyone. Um, you can think about another solution is like taking a shower and actually putting on your good clothes, your work clothes, mm-hmm. your nice clothes instead of being in pajamas when you work. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. You know, all those things. So that that's like one of the things that was covered was like this idea of like rituals and like changing your environment. Had it for me. Yeah. And then the other thing, I think, what was the other stuff? Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah. Zoom meeting etiquette. Like, yeah, that's the one. Keeping your video on, right? Like, if you can, um, so that you can read each other's expressions. Or even like when you uh, want to make, uh, be like, actually take proactive, be proactive in like scheduling meetings, like coffee. Uh, meetings, chats, with people, yeah. coffee chats with people, so that you still have that kind of like you know, mm. water cooler discussion, but now it's more intentional
1: and informal. Can yeah. I
0: interject because that was gonna be mine, which is so.
1: Um, oh, we yeah. use this thing called Donut. Let me share the, the screen on that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, basically, like it's just like um like a bot that'll like that goes on Slack that will randomly like match two people up together um that uh like just randomly anyone it could be like from the CEO to a data analyst to, like the head of CX to like I don't know the the new like like intern. Uh, intern whatever um but yeah, like every week, and it forces you basically. I mean, I say force, but like how it does it is that it will it says like you've been, like it sends you a message like in a group chat with you and this other person, um, and it'll say you've been matched up with this person, set a time. These are a couple of free times over the next week that they have. If in two days no one responds, which no one ever does because, you know, like, like that's just the natural way of things. You're working on something while this message pops up, and it's a bot who responds to a bot. Hmm it will forcefully put the meeting on your calendar. (laughs) And that is the most genius thing ever because I'm not going to... Because canceling that meeting is now, uh, like, a hurdle, an effort. I'm not going to do that. That's more effort to cancel the meeting. So, yeah, it forces the meeting to happen. And then, you know, like... naturally you just both go on the meeting it's like oh shit i have a lot of work to do over the next like day but whatever canceling this meeting is like kind of weird um and then within five minutes you start to enjoy it and it's like oh my god this is crazy we haven't we're not talking about work we're just talking about like our lives i didn't know this person went rock climbing and like right Mm -hmm. and so like that really filled the void for me like the person who set it up i thanked them a thousand times because like this was like you know i'm not a shy person i want to know people Mm -hmm. it's just kind of awkward to be like hey are you free this week like for like within work hours to have like a virtual meeting with me right Mm -hmm. instead you like use a bot to bridge that gap right but yeah this was this was like i don't know i I really like this does it
2: use any kind of like algorithm or analytical tools to like see who would be good to connect
0: together or is it just i don't know random
1: i it's never if it does it's never like it never lets me know that.
0: Yeah, I, I've, I've used this tool before in, in a previous company, before the remote work stuff. Like, we would do it on site. Like, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah to know each other from different parts of the org. Um, but it's more sophisticated now because I didn't, it didn't have that feature you're talking about, which is, like, forcing, forcing the meeting to happen, yeah, right? It's so good. So what we had to do instead was we would have to, like, message DM each other, right? Schedule the meeting. And then the way we'd keep each other accountable is, like, in the channel, we'd have to, like post a picture of us together you know oh wow like in the meeting right (laughs) and it was always but it would be hilarious pictures that we would take right but then but yeah you could do the same thing in zoom too like just to like to create that kind of bond between each other is like you know is like take a like a funny picture on zoom like maybe you put on like those like zoom video effects right the (laughs) the filters the glasses or like the the tuxedo hat or something like that and like and then yeah, post that picture. Like that, I think that's an awesome thing for like orgs to do. Another one is um, uh, like if you want to have more of a party gathering, like I think was called Gather Town or something. Gather Town. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to look that up, uh, we used this during the pandemic. Yeah. Gather
1: dot town dot town. Yeah. Is top level okay. Domain? Let me share this that's one. That's
0: funny. So if you want to share it. Yeah. Me, yeah virtual
2: sure. HQ.
1: Let's
0: take... Yeah, yeah. So you can they see like uh, I don't know why it's showing that. Okay, but like you can this? you can talk to each other like as if it's a Zoom thing. I don't think that's the exact kind of thing, but if you scroll, there you go. So now you can see like them playing a game. They're like in a virtual game world, right? That's so cool. And like you play your avatars and then you can go to each other and then do different activities together. Oh, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. So like we use this for our office parties like during the pandemic, but I also use this to celebrate like birthday parties remotely with a... And and, uh, and so you can gather your friends if they're, like, let's say they're living in different countries, right? You can gather all your friends and, like, play, like, a mini board game or something like that um, virtually. And and you all, like, interact through, like, kind of like a Zoom meeting. but. but it's uh, free? Yeah, at least when I was using it, it's oh, free. I,
1: it's so, uh, I always go to the pricing page. Whenever oh. I look at a SaaS company, it's like, I don't know why. I'm, I'm really into, like, pricing cards. Like, <laughs> but, like, uh, yeah, it's free. Free All for, for up to users. 10 users. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of interesting because in the banner, they said for startups, it's free for two months. So is it free forever?
0: Okay, yeah, I, whatever. It's you make a
1: deal.
0: $7 per user. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can create your own maps too, which is the cool part. Yeah. yeah.
1: Your own
2: server. This yeah.
0: is
1: really cool.
2: It's very interesting.
0: I bet that
1: they have a pretty big a- uh, VR roadmap. I bet oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This. Oh. Yeah. Sure. I don't know what the C is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And this, like, this is just an, an, an example of, like, all of the cool tools that will probably come into play to, like, bridge that gap between mm-hmm. the two yeah. virtual and physical worlds.
1: Yep. Yeah, this yeah. is cool, though. Yeah, this... this is
2: very cool. It almost has, like, that OG
1: Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, brand. yeah. That feel, yeah. Wait, you know what this reminds me of? Uh, Habo Hotel. Well, I can't... Oh. You want to... Uh, show this time yeah. instead. Um... yeah have a hotel this that's what the graphics remind me of it was like this weird like game Mm -hmm. uh like i don't know the closest thing i can is Club Penguin. Either of you played that? Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> Club Penguin. I'm sure if there's any Gen Zs ever listening to this, I don't I'm know. Not I'm not a Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> wait, <laughs> what, what is Club Penguin? <laughs> You've never played Club Penguin? Again? No, what is Club Pl- Penguin? Wait, what, what do you mean? Oh my God, you're like one step... Okay, okay.
0: Yeah, wait, Club shut, shut up. <laughs> say, I'm one step... What? One step what? Finish your sentence. No, no. Finish, finish your shit. fucking <laughs> sentence. <laughs> say <laughs> say, say it. it. Into the
1: loony Say it, base. say it. What? One step into the loony bin. Um, loony well. <laughs> <laughs> because what because you haven't played Club um but uh yeah it was like this see now i have to use another game as an analogy and i know this is this is the
0: terminal effect this is where like, Club... like <laughs> this everyone is the terminal <laughs> but see when i look at that i'm like that's linux <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's okay that's amazing. very that's fair yeah, um, but basically, I don't know, it was an MMO, basically, I suppose. Like, all these are real people. You'd hang out in different parts uh, with, like, I don't know, virtual stores. Mm. You'd throw snowballs at each other. You'd get pets. There was an in-game currency that you could earn by playing mini-games. Mini mm. Anyways, it, it's kind of like have a hotel, like all the similar things. But, yeah, that's what the graphics reminds me of. Mm.
0: See, for me, it's like I think of Earthbound or some other shit. Earth. Oh, I never played
1: Earthbound. I uh, this is the one yeah, with yeah, like that, like that one. Yeah, this is the one with Ness, right? I yeah, played yeah, yeah. Ness, when I, if I played Smash, of course. Yes.
2: Oh, that's where Ness comes from. Yeah. Earthbound. Yeah, Do you, yeah. you
1: ever play Smash? Of course, I loved.
2: Remember yeah, what, yeah. that one yeah. trick where he would like shoot this thing out of his ah, back, and then you you launch
1: it. I love it. I love it. You yeah, control the it. electricity. Yeah yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was like one of my favorite. Yeah, I loved. it. That was never good, but yeah. I was, yeah.
0: I did I not know that's where Ness came from. Yeah, yep. that was really cool. So you played this? I mean, yes. <laughs> this was back in the Super Nintendo days. Okay,
2: who? What? What was the, like everyone's go-to Smash character?
0: Oh, uh, mine was what was it? I don't. Man, I can't remember because I I used a character where I'd be like, just like, button smash.
2: Kind of Wait, which which smash are we talking about? Sixty four.
0: I use the same character probably for everyone. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. It was. I think. You it know was I probably did a. Um, Samus, maybe. Samus. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, when
2: I first started, because I was such a noob, I would just pick Kirby because I, when I fell off the map, I could just like. Kirby oh, was the best for me. Yeah, <laughs> I love Kirby. Kirby was crazy. Yeah. And then like, and then I went to like, Falcon, and then Fox.
1: Mm. Oh, that's a really hard here. Were you good?
2: I was decent. Sixty-four. Oh. I yeah, I, I probably. Uh, Fox is good. Like it's that's yeah.
1: like if you play like professionally, a lot of people. Yeah. Like, Fox, Fox was Fox and Samus.
0: Yeah. So for me, the re- the. I was kind of like I'm a noob so what I would do is I would charge Samus' uh gun gun right yeah. and then like and then like and then like poop out those bombs. <laughs> oh yeah yeah. <laughs> Make those poop bombs right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's that's basically what I would do. I would just like I would like loiter the area with poop bombs. So like yeah. whenever as everyone else was fighting they'd like fall into the bombs and then and then like when I got charged up and someone was like about to you know, had the high like percentage off mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. percentage, health, yeah. then I would just like shoot the uh, the charged up gun at them. Yeah, yeah. I would out. do the same, uh,
1: similar except with Pikachu. I would stand there, wait mm-hmm. for them to come to me, and shoot that Thunderbolt. <laughs> Sometimes I wouldn't even stop. It would just be the thunderbolt after thunder the Continuously ball. down
2: like, B, down B. Yeah,
1: yeah, and then the down B, uh, and then the left B, which would like shoot like a little thing that would oh, yeah. track the ground. And then if they threw me off, it was like a two-step jump, which was so good. Uh, so you're a Pikachu. Yeah, always. Even in uh, the new Wii, mm-hmm. not the Wii one, um, the Switch one, mm-hmm. Ultimate. I think I played. But
0: like when you watch like people are hardcore playing it. Like I have, um, I had a childhood friend who's like a hardcore gamer, and it is. Cr- and then his brother was also a hardcore gamer. So when they played, it is wild. Like they're not hitting each other at all because they would use the you know the block bubble or whatever. You, like when you press the block yeah, yeah. button, the bubble comes up. Yeah, out. yeah. And if you shoot it at the right time, it'll like it won't go down. Like, yeah, yeah. But to- what they would do is like. Uh, they would, one of them would try to do a close like a punch at the the other person, and then they would like put on the bubble, and yeah. then they would like they would like double tap like to go to the, behind them, yeah. yeah, and then then try to punch that person, but then the other one would also block and mm-hmm. then go behind that person, and they just keep switching spots, be- like with one another, wow. just like, hitting trying to hit each other, and then switching spots.
2: Yeah, it was it was kind of like uh, not I guess it's not similar, but like. In Fortnite, where you like start building quickly start building like structures to hide in
1: yeah that yeah, like reaction yeah. time yeah
2: but the bubbles you could still grab them like you can oh, while them. they're bubbling oh yeah yeah you could like
1: oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah it you wasn't just, immune to the yeah, grabs. Yeah, yep. yeah.
0: yeah sorry i'm just gonna like put the charger on the iphone uh, yeah yeah
1: on the but you guys keep sounds good all right but yeah, we we'll, we'll, We completely derailed from gathering. <laughs> we went, like, this went like into like gaming for, yeah, OK. But,
0: but if you want to go out, like, either you can talk about, like, um, other, like, kind be- of, like.
1: Yeah, 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 because you didn't share your benefits. Like, anything you've learned. From, like, remote work? Remote work. Like, like yeah, yeah, being yeah. remote? Yep. I don't know. How do you, like?
2: I think in the in the short term like where we're at right now like yeah it's it's very it's very difficult because it's just like the scales are almost like balanced like the pros and cons but i do see like the pros being a lot more in the future in the near future um especially as we get more tools and we learn like the proper
1: etiquette and whatnot but like have you used any like tools or like I don't know etiquette that like you, like to keep you on task? No, that that's what I kind of was getting into, right? We shifted
2: into this model, right? A lot of companies, big enterprises yeah. switched into this remote model, but not once at least in my experience of where I've worked and people I know that have worked, I didn't hear someone coming in to, to teach people how to properly talk in Zoom. Yeah, that's or I've never heard teams. of that happening. Yeah, like even how to like use Teams properly, like you know, because for me, it's like the the learning curve for all of these new technologies is pretty like like I, it's you learn it pretty quickly. Right. Uh, but I know a lot of people that struggle with it. Right. Yeah. All, and, and I, I don't want to get in trouble here, but like often people making like five times more than me. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's <laughs> okay, <specifically> it's <laughs> <them on> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um But, yeah, so, like, I think that could easily be, uh, I think that's a gap for sure. Yeah. And the reason why I think that uh, companies didn't go towards that, like, bringing in, like, a consultant company or someone, some professionals to do a workshop, whether it's virtual or in person, I think is because they anticipated that this would be, like, a temporary Temporary. thing. And the reason for that is, is that, like, you talked about this at the original point of the, like, when you originally brought this uh, topic up is... Um, how much money companies are saving for people being remote. I don't think that is very true. I think that, so most companies, I think it's anywhere from like 2 to 3K per desk, especially like if you're talking about downtown core Toronto. So per employee, per desk, per month, it's around 2 to 3K. But a lot of these big companies, they are invested in each other, right? so they're invested in the real estate piece of things and commercial buildings are invested in all this it's kind of like a it's all interconnected mm-hmm. so if people aren't commuting into work and it's not they're not driving that business whether it is like all of these restaurants all of these thing coffee shops yeah. that are thriving because of this ecosystem that has been built for years through like physical work then all of a sudden everybody starts losing money cuz they're in, they're all invested in each other it's kind of like a I don't know if it's a Ponzi scheme, (laughs) but like like, that's, it's all interconnected. Mm. So it may look to us, it may look like, oh yeah, like now this company doesn't have to pay all of this real estate for me to come in and I am paying for it. Like I'm paying for bandwidth, I'm paying for a desk, I'm paying essentially like, well, you can even write off a portion of your taxes for working from home, right? Like, yeah, that's, but there's a reason why they want everyone coming back is because in the long run, the I think the the, the economy is not used to that lack of labor coming in, commuting in and out. That brings in a lot of money, like from paying like transit fees to food to yeah. you know, going out for drinks after. Like that's 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 big, you know.
0: Well, in New York, they were <clears throat> they were, uh, they had this issue right mm-hmm. where like people were moving out of the Manhattan area. And so what the mayor was complaining about it, but I think what they're trying to do is reinvigorate that area by turning it into residential, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, As a way of, like, trying to bring people, like, to create more housing, because a lot of these major cities, we live in Toronto, which has a a huge housing crisis. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: So, yeah, like, instead of having to put in the resources to build a lot of new buildings, like, what if you just, you know, redistribute, or what is it called, re- redistribute redistrict district or something which tr- oh invert, i see what you're saying uh, rezone to, rezone yeah 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 Rezone certain buildings or areas um to be residential rather than commercial yeah yeah to reinvigorate the the downtown core yeah. we're um,
2: tiptoeing around this topic but let's get into like the the meat of it what do we think is going to happen like what are we are we wait, 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 before we get in
0: what are we think is going to happen to what
2: to to like what do, what do we think uh, the future state of this is going to look like
0: do you, you want to go into that we, or do you want to go into a little bit more of the challenges? And yeah, then, let's and
2: talk. I think that will make it clear because we've been talking about benefits this whole time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the benefits are clear. Like nobody's uh, contesting that, right? Yeah, we're like, not
0: going back. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. We're yeah, not. Yeah. It's about how can we how can we, kind of um, transfer those benefits into this virtual world? Like is there a way we it can permeate the virtual world? Mm-hmm without like and obviously we're going to lose some things that's inevitable like you can't have the best of both worlds it's gonna be very and especially in the short term in the long run with all of these new texts coming up it could it could change but yeah. And in, in the short, in the short term, it, we're going to lose, there's going to be some trade-offs. Right. But what is the, what is on the other side? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think what we should talk about.
1: So I have, uh, sorry, I have like a stat that bridges like what you just said, because you, you just like kind of mentioned it there. That, like, you know, you were looking at like, you can save like two to three K per employee. I have a stat from Forbes, um, that like, uh, they're saying that employers can save $11,000 per employee when switching to remote work. Um, it uh, it includes uh, office space utilities and other resources now um, you're right in what you were saying that these are like kind of shallow savings that mm-hmm. yes on the in the short run you do save but where this transitions into the downfall of like remote work is um, I like don't quote me on this but I would bet any amount of money that remote work is inversely correlated with the velocity of money I like bet that people are making less transactions if they're, um, remote. Now I'm willing to be proven wrong because yes, maybe you're going to do more online shopping or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think that people that go into like work and say that you're like, you know, you live in the suburbs, you commute for an hour and a half to work. Um, which already eats up a huge part of your life, so maybe you didn't have time to make lunch that day, and so at lunchtime you like quickly like go to the next the next door convenience store or like grocery store or whatever, get a sandwich. Um, you do that a couple times a week over the course of a year. Now you've bought a hundred sandwiches. Um, so like just from one person, that's like you know mm-hmm. like five hundred dollars of revenue for for the year for. Grocery store, mm-hmm. and like there could be like a thousand employees like living in that hu- like working in that high rise. So just mm-hmm. from like one example, like lunch, right? Because when I worked in office, which I did, like you know, like during my internship and also for like a few months, like right before like uh, the pandemic, um, I bought lunch almost every day. Mm-hmm. And now uh, maybe the exception, not the rule, but um, it definitely like I don't know. Maybe it was just the mood that I was in or whatever like it just like kind of like you see all these restaurants you want to kind of step out of the office mm. right you want to take a walk or whatever yeah, yeah and, and you're yeah. walking by these restaurants I think at least for me, it definitely increased my expenditure.
2: Oh yeah, I think that's that's across the board. That's a rule I think for majority of, and and you brought out a, an interesting point again like we're again we're touching on the shallow costs and savings it's, it's like those employees, or one thing right yeah. the most minimum wage but what what is the actual money maker there is rent mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that business is paying to the top dogs yeah and those guys are the ones that want people to that they're pushing the the agenda of like we want people back mm. you know like they were maybe virtue signaling about oh small businesses and all of that but at the end of the day we've cre- we're essentially created this entire uh, environment like Toronto, for example, for that kind of a model is people coming into the city. And then you have these high rises that have like, like hundreds of like stores that are paying rent, right? Mm -hmm. That are now not seeing as much traffic as they were used to. So they're not able to make rent. And that is causing bottom line problems.
0: Yeah. And the thing is like, it's incentivized for, like, the government, right, to, like, like, to be on the side of those people, right, like, the, 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 the top dogs, as you said, right, because, like, because, like, they want the tax money, right, you know, like, and yeah. that tax money helps them, like, get yeah. reelected by spending that or saving it however they wish they want to do it, but, right. so, like, yeah, like, it is a strong force, and I, that, that's probably why the NYC mayor was doing the same thing, which is, like, yo, we need you guys to come back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to Manhattan. One way or another. Right. So it's the same thing, like you know, in Toronto probably too. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I guess going back to the big question that you asked, because mm. um, are we are we on that? Like wait, we, wait,
0: no. Like, but in terms of challenges, like, like I mean, there are many. Right. We saw like so one of them is cost. Right. The cost is the burden of the cost has got shifted to the employee. Is one one challenge, right? Yeah. And
2: how 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 has it shifted to the employee? I don't think that's true.
0: It has from it had for me, like so. What ended up happening was I had to upgrade my internet. Yeah, yeah. Um, because but that's marginal, no. I mean, I want to save my money. Like, what are you talking about, <laughs> talking. What are you? What are you? Are you the top dog here? <laughs> no, like, come what back the fuck? Up, I, oh,
2: you're sure. part of the Ponzi scheme. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. you're like dumb.
2: Yeah, not, what I'm do I call this? I'm thing. a double agent. Yeah. <laughs> go on, go on. (laughs)
3: on. (laughs) 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 Fuck you. (laughs) Um
0: no no. so like for me I had to like upgrade my internet because I was doing a lot of machine learning work and so I had to download a lot of data, upload a lot of data. So that that like I was complaining about that. And then on top of that, like our commuter benefits went away. So like, you know, I had to pay for and that's, that's an expense, quite a bit of an expense it's like $6 or whatever per day, um, coming in and out. So, right. Yeah. And so like those were changed. Um, and so, so like, yeah, there's many, m- many things like that. So I think like, uh, or even like, if you think about my desk, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, that's my desk, you know, my chair, my monitors Mm -hmm. i mean even though like there are companies that like let you borrow monitors or a desk or a chair um definitely in my previous company they allowed they they wanted us to do that if we wanted to um but for me yeah i wanted the best desk for myself right or the best chair for myself the best monitor setup for myself so yeah ultimately i invested that for myself for work but also for life so it was just kind of like that, but I think like me was there a Canadian tax break for that stuff? I can't remember. Yes, yes, there yeah. was initially five hundred
1: dollars in total, I think, okay. or up to two dollars per day that you worked remotely, depending on whichever is less. Mm. I think. Okay. Yeah, and there
2: was like some square footage of your home as well, like for rent.
1: Oh, I see. subsidized um, or something. Yeah, so. I think, okay, so that was also part of the alternative calculation. You could do oh, okay. $2 yeah, flat right, per day, right. or you could do some sort of advanced calculation depending on the square footage you use, the electricity you used, and then you break it down.
0: Right. That's, right. A, that's a good point, though, the rent thing. Because, like, cause like, you know what was also super annoying was the fucking, like, construction and shit and, like, fixing the building would happen during those hours. And usually I would be in the office, so I wouldn't hear those noises. But now that I was at work, or, like, my work was at home, i'll just hear like the hammers and shit i'm like fuck right like i wouldn't have heard any of this shit if i was like working in the office so
2: what was your commute like
0: oh for me it was like two sub a few subway stops Mm. yeah like one line yeah one line
2: yeah see like for us i think that then it's definitely us taking the cost but if you're living in like or somewhere far, oh, like I North guess York. like because
0: then you don't have to pay for gas and yeah, insurance. or like
2: even just your time spent, mm. you are risking your like getting sick, you're that you're wasting like two hours commuting, and that you could argue that you can do stuff in that two hours, like read or like you know whatever you're doing now, yeah. but even then that's like it's an effort that you don't necessarily have to. Like, you, you could avoid with, with
1: remote work. So, when I, um, and you might remember this, b- because when we first started working out, um, I was, I had a job where I was in person, um, was this, like, I guess towards the end of COVID? I don't know. But anyways, um, I was actually driving to Hamilton, like, an hour and a half commute. Oh. Um. Oh, and, yeah,
0: wasn't this at the beginning? Yeah, it was at the yeah, very yeah, beginning.
1: Yeah. And, um. Yeah, and so I used to come back from, like, work and go to our workouts, and I was so angry. I don't know if you remember, but, like, it was, I was just really frustrated, and, like, it was, like, just not good. I was late every single time um, because of that. Like, I was commuting an hour and a half in the morning, an hour and a half, like, after, like, all five days. And I think that was the inception of when I started, like, kind of being so emotional about, like, remote work because, mm-hmm. like i'm not an angry guy i don't think um i usually have very good control over my emotions however in traffic when you're like bumper to bumper for an hour and a half for like when you're not actually that many kilometers apart it is it brought out the most rage inside me that i've ever felt in my life
0: (laughs) i like how you say that and like the most like Calm. Calm. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes you look more of a like a serial killer, you know? Like, I yeah, I won't say my intentions hey, when I hey, like, hey. listeners, didn't we tell you guys that like you would find out that don't, say is sus over sauce t- <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> over time? You're about to find out. <laughs> I was like you'll get comfortable enough. I see. was
1: screaming in that car like crazy. Like and because you can't get mad at anyone everyone's yeah. in it everyone's equally angry and i think that's where it is there's no output to the anger like it's like what am i going to do Crash on the person in front of me like mm-hmm. they're equally angry they're going to do the same thing for the person in front of them mm-hmm. and so it's yeah it's just crazy because it kind of also makes me think like my dad actually recently like he works in a position where he can't work remotely as he as often but he'd gotten a perk at his job recently where like he can work remotely like a couple of days a week or something like that mm-hmm. and just that saves him three hours per day and so two yeah. times per week that's six hours per week cool. and then like 52 like 52 weeks or like i don't know like you can subtract some if you want but times six that's 300 hours of your life yeah. Yeah. that's a lot you got back per year that's 300, that's, that's Two straight weeks of, like, imagine, like, just two straight weeks. Of like, being, of, going in and out. Of life, of, like, less, yeah, less yeah. work. Yeah, and when you think about it, like, we think, that that may
2: not look like a lot when you think about it, but, like, recently I read this thing, I think it was Eddie Murphy was talking about it, some of his old work, it was, like, at best we get, what, 75 years? That's 75 winters, 75 summers, 75 falls, 75 springs. Yeah. When you think of it like that, that's not a lot of time. No, and if you're spending like two weeks of that just commuting. And Let's be real like, a lot of people, like, not everybody's using that to be productive or have yeah. fun. Like, you're in a packed, especially with the traffic we have in Toronto with like what four to six million people. Yeah. What is it, six million people in GTA? I don't yeah, know. yeah, I like you can't even find a seat. Trump, yeah, you can't know. even find a seat to sit. Yeah, right. So, I think let's 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 do this. Let's pick each of us pick one to two like pros that are cons that we think is like a either personal to us or we think that could be a major friction point for enabling us to move into the remote work environment. because oh. I don't think we we need to like we
1: need to get past to the next step, right? And we haven't really talked about it fully yet. That's true. okay, so wait, so you're saying like um, things that might. Like hold us back from this future that we would possibly like. That like yeah, having a remote work. I yeah, think like, the velocity of money thing is probably the biggest thing. There's no way, like you know, like whoever owns like the money is gonna want the velocity of money to decrease. And I guess to define it for the, the viewer, the listeners, the velocity of money is the measurement of the rate at which money is exchanged in the economy. So just less transactions, or lower. Uh, lower value of those transactions is a decrease in velocity, which directly correlates to, you know, the economic health. More people buying, more people selling, is a better economy. Right.
2: Yeah. Um, that th- That's a great point. I think that is probably very high up there. Where it gets blurred for me is when it comes to globalism. Because those those companies eventually will be separate from like geographical ties Like in a way. Like um, I'm thinking about like the Googles of the world, like the, the Metas, the Amazons and like Microsoft, Yeah. right? They're not tied down and they're the ones that are going to be like the amount of transactions Amazon probably gets is, is insane. Right. Yeah. So like, I think, right now like it could it could definitely be again i think there's there's short-term pros and short-term cons and then there's long-term pros and long-term cons in the short term this is definitely going to be a major uh blocker for moving into remote work but in the long run and especially as younger and younger generations come into the workforce i think this will be less and less of a problem um what about you captain
1: what is something that you stand out to you? Sorry, did you need to add something to this? Sir? No, no, no. I I guess actually just like to summarize, you're, you're saying that like regardless of the, like the medium term decrease in the velocity of money, you're saying that like the economy will evolve to like, you know, like it, it'll just change the way transactions are performed. That's what you're saying, right? That's your counter argument to what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. think Uber Eats. Yeah. You know,
2: like yeah. if I don't have to, I think like those companies are just going to, Become the new like, they're gonna take on that the lack of the velocity. Effect.
1: Exactly, yeah. like say I'm working from home and I don't want to make lunch. Maybe I'm ordering Uber Eats, and that's like you know essentially the same thing as going to work and getting that sandwich. Yeah,
0: um, and maybe that would transition us from, let's say, we think about these local businesses that need to have chairs and like an ambiance and things like that. These restaurants, and instead they become catering businesses something like ghost that, kitchens right? yeah ghost kitchens yeah, so yeah. it could change that way too right so and they can service a longer range right um and then you can think about like in the virtual reality world like having like tra- different types of transactions happening that way too mm-hmm. so people will always be spending <laughs> it's a capitalist society yeah and so it's just a matter of how that spend is happening like you know obviously like I would love for that spending to happen locally. So how do you like ensure that that velocity of money is happening locally right, to affect your local economy rather than like all of a sudden being distributed and being sent to San Francisco when you live in Toronto, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's
1: a great point. Um, Wait, but you asked on the other side of that, what are some other ways that like, you know, that would be a disadvantage of oh, remote work? Right.
2: yeah what could block remote what what we think is a major
0: so you want you to like yeah you okay. already so ta- for me like you mean like as a fundamental thing or do you, are you talking about like the challenges that i experience um
2: both if you can find something that overlaps that would probably be best
0: i think like um yeah i think like um in terms of challenges for myself that i experience for sure is like yeah it's a social connection and and i think this goes back to like the fundament one of the fundamental issues that needs to be resolved over time which is and i and here's the interesting part too is like there's a lot of like i've spoken to like theater people right like people who perform in in, in front of an audience and they don't believe this whole vr stuff and all this other stuff because they never they think that there's some sort of like energy per se that interaction between that's that's very like sacred between the actors and the audience right mm-hmm. so and the thing is if if you want remote work to work you need that fidelity of interaction between humans to be at, like like indistinguishable from the fidelity of like interacting with them in real life right and if you can't resolve that issue you're 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 basically you're dealing with a situation where you're raising a generation or generations going through an experience where they are disconnected from one another
1: and that you were saying that before right i mean like you're defining remote work as like low fidelity and like high yeah. fidelity would be when you could read all the micro expressions and you have to think about oh what is this person thinking yeah
0: exactly now there is like i think there was like a study before on MIT or whatever i can't remember where it was but it, but basically, they found out that, like, you know, you can make video meetings between, like, family members, like, like, not, like, almost as good as, like, being in person in terms of, like, developing that social connection, right? You, you There is ways of doing it, as long as you have, like, a HD kind of, like, something like that. I, don't quote me on this, but, like, something to do with it, as long as, like, it had some sort of, like, decent enough resolution and sound yeah. um, and latency. Uh, and... I. Yeah, I think, like, but yeah, so then the question becomes, like, how much fidelity do you need in order to, you know, where you can trick your body, essentially, or trick your mind to believing that, like, at least subconsciously, that you are interacting with a human, right, rather Mm -hmm. than a representation of a human.
1: So, theoretically, like, if, like, if we, you know, I know VR is another topic, but if we lived in a world where, like, like... Um, this VR avatar of you could mimic every single micro expression that, like we that we had, and represent it to the other person. Um, would that like fix this problem?
0: Yeah. So, like, oh, do you know what is an interesting example? of This have you seen the Lex Freeman episode with uh, interviewing Zuck? Zuckerberg oh yeah, yeah. No. VR. You told me about it. Yeah. It I watched insane. part of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, do you want to pull it up? Yeah. Maybe you can just like do a segment. We don't want to get sued by Lex. Do not sue us, Lex, <laughs> by showing this
1: video. Hey, if Lex is listening, um, he can he can yeah. he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> See, Say have this... a crush on Lex. Daddy
3: Lex can <laughs> do whatever. I thought it was Daddy
2: Uberman. you just call him Daddy? Daddy Uberman. <laughs> no, no, no. no
0: what? <laughs> no, no, no. Did you just say Daddy Lex? No. No, wait, say. We have this on recording, by the way. It's... Yeah, roll the tape. Yeah, roll the tape. <laughs> no, no,
1: no there's no proof of it
0: <laughs> alright uh, Daddy Lex that, that's actually going to be his nickname from <laughs> one. Uh, Daddy Lex Freeman alright so Daddy Lex
1: wait what do you want me to put on uh, um,
0: his interview with Zuckerberg and it's like this VR like yeah this one this one, this one. Um, if you just mute it you can mute it I yeah yeah it. I did. Um, just give us a sec fast forward it to like the interview yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's it's fucking wild. Wait. Yeah. This is virtual? That's yes. virtual. <laughs> that's wait, wait, wait. Yeah, the that's, uh, yeah, that's, vi- that's the uh, uh quest, I right?
2: Think
1: I did. Okay. That's a quest, right? That's is that the quest?
0: I no, think well they're using the quest the quest pro. But the thing is this high resolution avatar was created by like in person scanning they had like a scan oh. like a high depth fidelity scanning machine but this is insane yeah yeah it's insane <laughs> and the thing is like you see all the like what i want you to notice though is like when you're watching this is like if you look at lex or or, Zuck or whatever you can see the little yeah the little micro adjustments like on their one eyes. eyebrow
1: slightly raised you're like yeah 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 very no interesting way so
0: to me this is actually breaking the uncanny valley, right where it's yeah, like this you, is beyond it right i i didn't know that was virtual right right where you just accept it right and i think that's where from a visual standpoint this is kind of the solution right mm-hmm. yeah now the question is like do you need other components to feel touch smell i don't know but like yeah yeah like i think
2: this is just kind of like uh like a broader problem that we have like we're already very disconnected if you look at it right if you look at society as a whole mm-hmm. like being with social media we already have these personas right yeah. so i don't think that is a symptom of remote work i think it's it's you know it's it's a theme across the board that we need to tackle as a society and i think we are i, I don't i think we are the more we go into a, a more tech technologically advanced in virtual world the more disconnected will be that's just that's just the trade-off mm-hmm. so I, I i don't know if like i get what you're saying with I, I think then you would your your point that you're trying to make would change from like the fidelity uh versus like uh the uh effectiveness of uh of um, physical interactions versus virtual re- interactions. Wait,
0: wait. So you're you're saying that like as remote progression progresses more and more, social disconnect is like just a normal. It'll increase as well proportionally. I'm, I'm
2: saying social disconnect has happened well before remote work. Okay. Okay. Like since the like so, since social media since like since like the inception of technology, I think right. we've become like having to like. You know what I mean? Like telephones, the internet, webcams, uh, FaceTime. That is just naturally going to push us
0: towards more more of a
2: disconnected world, yeah.
0: I I disagree. And the reason, I mean, okay, first of all, let's go back to the Uncounting Valley. This idea that like basically what happens is like as you increase the fidelity of the character, like the avatar that you have, Of like a human representation it becomes less and less realistic looking to a human like it looks more and more fake as it gets closer to closer looking real and then all of a sudden like there's this like it starts to look more and more realistic like where you as a human accept that that avatar looks real yeah and so i feel like that there's an uncanny valley kind of thing for telecommunication and all these digital technologies In a sense that like what we've had in the past is like a low fidelity situation where if you think about like Facebook when it was first created or any social network like Instagram, these are low fidelity ways of sharing with one another, communicating with one another. And, you know, through images or through texts Mm -hmm. or Twitter. And I kind of think, think of these as like first generation, you know, like very archaic caveman version of what it can be right of what what social connection can be fax yeah. machines right and then the next maybe. generation would be vrs right yeah. like for example and where we have digital avatars but then that's going to have issues where like you know maybe it's a cartoon face you don't really accept it um, maybe there's not micro expressions and then maybe it's at some point that becomes good enough and then maybe you need haptics where like i want to be able to touch like interact with people because there's dopamine release that happens when we hug someone Mm -hmm. you know how do we recreate those feelings right Mm -hmm. so i think like we're just in a state where our technology is so crap that like we cannot create that high bandwidth high fidelity kind of interaction and there's going to be a kind of an uncanny valley point where we we get past that point yeah yeah And that's where remote work will be indistinguishable. And that's where I was, like, making an argument that there's going to be a point where remote work becomes indistinguishable from local working.
2: Physical. Physical.
1: No, that's, like... like, Yeah,
0: that's the future for sure. Would you
1: say that, like, that... Like, for that to happen, we need to completely perfect, like, VR?
0: No. No. I, I think, like... I guess what my argument is, is, like, as long as you... Like, going back to that one kind of, like... I don't know what the study is. Sorry, guys. But like like this idea of like if you can create that social connection through video, like HD video, but maybe H- maybe like low-quality video doesn't work, but if you have a high-quality enough video that you can start to read a bit of the expressions. And if that is good enough to give you the feel-good vibes of like interacting with your friends and family, then maybe that's all we need, right? Like you just need enough to fake it. Right? Yeah, like we're
2: all essentially chemical reactions at the end of the day. No? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's at, it, it will never be the same as like the organic face-to-face interaction. I don't think we'll ever. You don't be think it'll to, ever be? It'll it, it'll take a long time, and even then, you will you'll be playing God at that point. Like you're you'll essentially be trying to mimic, and it's subjective, right? The way you feel a hug may trigger. A certain different kind of a chemical reaction in your brain versus mine right mm. so it would be very difficult to have us to do that in with haptics in a subjective way mm. it almost always like we will essentially standardize how we feel different things which mm. i don't think is even at the it, i'm sure at a, at a, at a if you take a average of it, it it is very similar but it will it will never be like personalized like it, you know what i mean it, Mm-hmm. The point I'm trying to get across. Yeah, is you're saying
0: the, that yeah. there's a. It's a very subjective experience and personal experience, and yeah, so it'd be hard to customize to that.
2: Yeah, I mean, experience. eventually we probably get very, very close in a, in a f- distant future, but in initially it will be like, like, uh, how like arcade games. Archa- it will be archaic, like the way you explained it. It'll be very like bland and standardized, like you know, like there will only be like five different like fun things you could feel. And it will be very like, Oh really? I think so. And then we'll iterate on top of that. At least that's, that's how Mm -hmm. I see it. So, okay. So velocity of money, fidelity. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then on my end, I think that the main thing, given our current, uh, like where we're at in society today, I think it will be like the psychological impacts, um, for me personally, I think the, like, and, I, and then I'm referring to the lack of remote work, like, yeah. um, is the lack of separation between personal space and workspace yeah. and being tied down geogra- geographically. Like, I think that's that's definitely a major problem. Like we could do all the separation we want. We could do the habits stuff that you talked about, the rituals. We could have some separations, but at the end of the day, it's energy, right? Like it's ve- unless you're living in like a three story where your basement is your workspace and you can completely shut it off. If you're living in a shoe box, it's very hard to separate work from, uh, work yeah. from, um, home life. And where I see that, i see remote remote work solutioning and fixing that is because if if i could be if i wasn't tied to a geographical location right and i could be anywhere perhaps i would go somewhere that's a little bit cheaper where i can have my a better home office Mm. or i can be near family or i can go to the beach Mm. like to like kind of get that balance of you know uh like whatever whatever helps me helps my mental health right yeah that and, and that's but I still see that as being like one of the the major blockers in the short term is the psychological impacts
0: of, of uh, remote work and you've seen that with uh let's say your gen Z yeah
2: workers. absolutely absolutely like they don't want to be tied to a geographical location mm-hmm. like because um, at the end of the day if you think about it it is it is, especially in our world and let's take Toronto, for example, it's very difficult for someone that's Gen Z to afford a home. Yeah. Right. Let's look at it from their perspective. Right. They don't have anything to lose. So at that point, like you might as well just go uh, uh, like travel and see the world. And Mm. you know, like, like we, we worked hard because it was a promise of, Hey, like if you do this, you're going to get a home, you're going to get maybe a car, maybe a boat, maybe take a few vacations a year with your family and whatnot. But that's so unreachable for a lot of young people nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. then what's, what is even the point of having that loyalty towards a company that is tying you to this geographical location that is at impacting your your the way you live, right?
0: That's interesting. I, I yeah. think like... To add to that is like, <clears throat> it makes me think like with AI or, or let's even think about that this, this decentralized work kind of idea.
2: World, decentralized. Decentralized
0: work, work. like work like the, the DAOs that we're talking about right, the decentralized. Right. So like, uh, like imagine a decentralized organization where like now work is commoditized where like you want this piece of let's say, uh, like this uh, copyright written or this piece of code written, or something like that, you, you know, you you pay per per task complete, mm-hmm. right? So it just becomes like a pipeline, right? So I can imagine, like, you know, that affords, you know, people can live wherever they want, and then just basically you're just working on individual pieces of tasks, and that would be a way that companies, and then companies kind of, you uh, uh, you know, like be more efficient, I guess, in a way. and Right, right. Um, this
2: is, this, is, this comes, sorry to cut you off, nothing. Captain. This brings us to like a very interesting point and you, you both wow. probably know a lot more about it is when we talk about decentralized, a lot of these companies, like I'm talking like Google, Meta, uh, even I would say Amazon, they make money, from us right like yeah. a, a lot of these companies that have ads we are the we are both the consumer and the,
0: the product
3: the
2: product
0: yeah
2: right yeah yeah. Yeah, we're the product. So, yeah so and then there's different qualities of product for example if a youtube video has viewers strictly from u.s and america right that person that created that video that is catering the video to these higher quality audience will get paid more versus if they had their audiences from mm. some like the global south, for example. Right. So I think if we are going through that decentralized world, if that is the kind of the, the, which we are, is there a case to be made that these, these companies need to pay like pay the, I guess the product? like re like reimburse the product for in a way I, I think there was this was like a topic that was when we we were tackling like a few years ago like five six years ago about the decentralized world Huh. almost like a, a model to pay the consumers a portion of the ad revenue that they make right
1: yeah huh yeah that seems like something europe might eventually go for but I can't imagine it happening here. here. Yeah.
0: That, that would I be mean, cool. Brave, oh. Brave, the Brave browser does something. Well, I, I, right. I don't know if it does, it does it anymore. But they used to pay you crypto, like, for browsing. Oh. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Anyways, I think
2: we're, <laughs> we're going on another tangent. <laughs> did we, did <laughs> we conclude the whole remote work thing?
0: <laughs> wait, wait, about <laughs> what, what part of that? Because, like, we're still what talking about, this? like, what? the future the future
2: yeah. the future Le- yeah like are we all saying that it is happening no matter what like it's inevitable or are we saying that
0: yeah, yeah. like i mean i think it's inevitable like, like we have
2: happens. consensus here right that it's it's happening
0: i don't think
1: that fully remote is happening I in think the short term or in, in... long term uh. <laughs> okay i think it depends Um, I think it will always be the fact that like, um, I don't know, I guess now I'm getting like almost like Karl Marx here, but like, (laughs) (laughs) like in like a capitalistic style society, like there will be like a large majority of people that, um, like a small minority of people will have leverage over, right? That's just the natural, that's not a political like stance. That's just the way it works. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh... I think that having leverage means like a big part of it is controlling where someone is and what someone's doing. I think hybrid mm. will at least tie you to a location. Say that you know the your team is based in San Francisco, Toronto, New York. It will hybrid will ensure that that person lives there first of all, and uh, second of all, it'll make sure that you know you can have like uh, a happy. Balance between ma- the management overhead. I've, I, I'm using the term management overhead because I had an interview once where, like, I was asking, like, you know, like is this remote hybrid, or whatever, and the person says that you know it's fully in office, and like we had like a tiny discussion about it, but basically her, um, but her stance was that there was a huge amount of management overhead when it came to someone, like, to to having a fully remote employee or even partially remote. Um, we didn't get into why. I didn't want to like, you know squeeze too hard. Like, why? You know, it's... Wait, her, her well, company. But why do you think it, it, it might have been... That's kind of what... I can only hypothesize that it means that you don't know. There's a uncertainty, right? Is my employee working, like, you know, like right now? Mm. Um, what if they don't respond, like, immediately? In the office, like, if I go to their office, they would respond immediately, right? There's no yeah. world in which they would ignore you. Mm -hmm. Um, but it can only naturally mean that like, you know, maybe I'm not getting a hundred percent productivity out of the person and that was, that will always be a fear of any buyer. I'm not even talking about someone who's a boss. I'm talking about like, if we buy something on Amazon, there's a worry that it's not going to be a hundred percent value to what I paid for it. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that what's going to happen is that hybrid will probably be the majority um because you know it'll be a happy medium between you know like uh, people who are workers and mm-hmm. what they want to fight for and also the employ employers who want to make sure that they can at least make sure that they can provide structure to a huge because honestly from a devil's advocate side some people do need structure like, Yeah. and do and need I mean, what, we talked sir? about it before you're like more productive in work and like that's like a huge uh, need structure yeah, yeah it and strength. so like i think that that's what it'll end up to i don't think uh fully remote will be a thing unless we do that thing that you said like with the haptics. Lex Bredman, uh, podcast haptics but also like uh, a virtual way that you can see that someone is where you think they are hmm. i think that's gonna be again it goes back to
0: the consumer but mentality. Wait, but why would you want to why do you care yeah. about that as long as they get the work done
2: yeah why is micromanaging a thing I'm not saying like that, like,
0: like this is... okay like think of it. I mean, no, wait, wait, hold on. So like, if you think about it, like a, like a metric, right? Yeah. If they're performing, mm-hmm. then you don't need to check where they're where they're where they are. Mm-hmm. But if they're underperforming, then it becomes an issue, right? Logically, you're right. But have you ever
1: met someone who's a hell of a lot smarter than you are, and they do better than you, and they don't put in any amount of effort? And if you have. What emotions did you feel about that person? Okay. Oh. <laughs> that's right, a so. loaded
0: question. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, well, go ahead. Yeah. Envy, I guess, if I were to exp- Yeah. And I think that's the
1: whole human part of this, because logically, you're 100% right. But we're human, and we have some sort of expectation that uh, work is going to be correlated to effort or time spent. And if it's not, it throws off some sort of alarm bells, right? Like what's happening? Are they cheating me out of this? Like are they che are they just this like- is a
0: very like boomer
1: kind of <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's right. Oh, like old. And, and, and that's the thing style. though.
2: That's the thing. You're you are you are catering this hypothesis to a generation that is le- not going to be the prominent sure. one in work. Like like it goes back to the younger people, right? Will these people willing to be Sacrificing all of these things, commuting into work, their mental health, to be tied down to a geographical location where they can't even afford a home? Mm. I don't think so. And this is where the whole concept of like brain draining now comes into play because te- people much smarter than you and I know this. They know what the trends are. They know, like, I'm, I'm assuming that there's some level of government that is looking into this and looking at the what the the common themes of the new generation entering the labor force is going to be like, mm-hmm. so I think that's where like, part of like the whole mass immigration is also happening is from from certain countries that, people are willing to, sacrifice a lot of things, to, um, I, for whatever there may be a no, better opportunity right because yeah. like
0: of the like countries like Japan or, you know, J- I think Japan recently created a new like visa for people who earn a certain amount of money to be able to go and work there, right? Be on a work type visa as long as they have a, earning a certain amount of money. Thailand, I'm guessing all these other yeah, places yeah. like are doing... Globalism. This. That's yeah, what it's, globalism, it's all... At the right? end of
2: the day, I think that is that is essentially going to be the the, the factor that kind of like becomes like the tipping point. Is like once globalism gets to this and we're getting there. Like if you think about it, these companies don't have loyalties to their
0: their host, nation. their
2: host yeah. nations anymore, because the whole world is their product. The whole world is their consumer.
0: The Isn't more- this a weird name, host nation? Just like a virus, <laughs> <laughs> straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how do you how do you spread uh, a pro-
2: like something the best the best? It's a virus. That's what it is.
0: Yeah, and this is a going by the psychology of it all. Like, I think that's a little scary. Where, like, yeah, the, if the There's this video game that reminds me of this video game of like, uh, where you're like in a there's like space colonies. It's like a space strategic game, and you're like on a ship, and each like there's fleets that are owned by different corporations, and corporations are nations essentially, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like that idea. It's like I think like this whole idea of a nation state becomes has maybe less and less meaning. And then corporations have more and more meaning, but then at the same time, the issue from a psychological standpoint, you know, there's this growing pain, where before we have some sort of universal basic income or something like that, where, where now you've, as I said before, like we commoditize work, where right? where it's like mm-hmm. now it's like corporations just post out a, you know, publish this PR, if you like, or you know, write this essay, right. And then like imagine the future generations where there's just like a a machine essentially, like a uh, factory workers just doing a particular task in order to earn income to live in Thailand, but then eventually those tasks get automated out through AI.
2: <laughs>
0: like what what world do we live like that's so to going me, to the yeah. deep
2: end of the the exponential <laughs> <laughs> No, but
0: I mean it's I mean, but I mean, it's some, some of the stuff is like, you can start to see happening like filmmaking with Sora, OpenAI Sora, or like, you know, basic like stock footage you'd no longer have to do with, with OpenAI Sora, right? Like, yeah. could you imagine all those drone workers, those, they're flying those drones to get those nice shots, you know, they're out of a, probably a job, right? So like, they, they might've been able to do this remotely, like in Thailand or France or whatever, but now,
2: yeah. Yeah, and that yeah. it—that's what it comes down to, right? Is like, who is the top dog, and, and the, like who is bringing in the most money for this host nation? In the West, in the global North, those companies lobby policies. They lobby like wh- how to shape society essentially. Yeah. And if it's these globalist corporations that are like that are not tied down to their host nations, they're going to be the one pushing policies that enable more of a open world Hmm. so that's why i think that we're going to move towards like it's inevitable it's gonna happen Hmm. like not in the not in the near term not in the short term like it's going there's going to be a lot of friction especially with the with the boomers (laughs) holding on to like majority of the wealth but as soon as that starts transferring to the younger generations like 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 think about it. Like you're you, the the common denominator amongst us, and the younger people, what what is it that they want to do? Like if you if you figure out what is your what is something, if you had the money, they'll say travel.
1: Everyone says travel. Mm.
2: There you go. Yeah, there yeah. you go. That's it. That's that's the that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. No matter who it is, because we're, yeah. and and it goes back to what we talked about the whole Mayan thing about the the the, the cycle of awakening.
0: Mm. I think people are
2: finally like realizing that this is, oh, the awakening this is it. yeah it's like i i, I don't know where where i heard I check heard that this. out on episode one by the way yeah episode one pilot um i heard this thing about you know how we always there's always been this fear of a zombie apocalypse yeah right yeah. Mm-hmm. and we're like oh it's a zombie apocalypse the zombie apocalypse is, was already here like if you if you're outside you look at people you look up everybody's just like Walking around with their head down, with inside a phone, like walking around like zombies, and like I think the more, more and more like people are awakened, and then they they be, they realize what they figure out what they really want to do in their and I think that is when um, you know these these uh, this shift happens from what what we were used to and being in survival mode for a long time which post world war Two and all of that you know people were like okay and, and they were in that survival mode like the west a lot of the global north was formed after that kind of like people work crazy hard nobody works like the way people work in in american canada no, no part of the world has maybe japan yeah but like europe mm, yeah. asia they, certain most parts of asia maybe not japan and china but like a lot of Places in, in in Asia, they don't they don't work like like. Right. So like I think that shift and awakening is happening, and people are realizing that we're human. We're meant to be like you know we're like nomads. We want to travel. We want to seek adventure, and see the different parts of the world.
0: I think that's a. If if say say I know you are looking for something, positive about remote work. I think like that is the hopeful me- message in this. Mm-hmm. To be honest, is like this. No, I, the reverse. I was looking for something negative. Were you with? <laughs> yeah. Love okay. Looking okay, cool. <laughs> for? Yeah. I yeah but, yeah, but yeah, I mean, this is I guess then is the more positive one, which was like this. I the hope is that like by by people being able to travel more and mm. have different ex, more diverse set of experiences and still being able to earn a living, a, a a decent living. Um, it it gives them the opportunity to do the thing that they're passionate about to whatever that may be, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe like on their journey while they're working in coding, they like go code in Thailand or something and find out that, you know, I just want to like make seashell necklaces all day, right? <laughs> like, Under- and, and maybe and sell that online or something. Like maybe that's what they discover about themselves. Maybe yeah. they meet some other people that want to start a in, a new company. I don't know. But
2: yeah, yeah It. it it helps travel and experiencing other people, other culture, other places is the best way to get rid of ignorance. It yeah. helps you realize yeah. that we're we're all pretty much the same. Yeah. And it baffles me when I like find people that have never left. Like this yeah. and it's a huge privilege for, for a lot of people to travel, but then again, like people drop like thousands of dollars, at, like on alcohol on their birthday and stuff like that. So I'm not not to get into that, but what I'm trying to say is that there's the the the, the things that we will get as a whole, the, the benefits that we will get as a whole as a society with remote work. It's it's going to reshape everything as we know it. Like it's going and and I already see it. Like when with the little bit of travel that I'm doing right now like I even like th- when I was this past week when I was in Belize like I met some people that were teaching in Japan older people yeah. from from Canada and they were so like enlightened they were so and it was very um very like it, it took me like by surprise to see someone of that like age to be like like that and, and, and have that level of awareness and yeah. i don't normally see that in, in toronto like right. right like a lot of people that i talk to the f- the furthest they've been is to like florida mm. and it's yeah so i think i think there's a lot of like we could, we could definitely speculate about a lot of things that would be really cool to see once once we are not tied down yeah um but then there's also the the, the political landscape is where it gets a little bit tricky is then there's like depends on the industry right right some some places there's cyber security issues for example like if you work for let's say you work for like uh, intelligence or you work for like some sort of company that does proprietary data for the government or for banks or for or like you know some kind of tech that's specific you don't want that data going over the the internet and in, from russia or like from china or anything like that so there's a lot of those kind of little uh nuances there that we'll need to get ironed out before we can comfortably like um, be free. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: And I think like in that sense, like nation states kind of play as like in the future is like you're shopping for your value system, mm-hmm. right? Your, your, shall I say your default value system, right? Or your baseline value system, right? It's like, it's like, Oh, I subscribe to capitalism with, <laughs> where I want to have a gun, right? Then you subscribe to the American, you know, nation state. If you're like, no, I believe in universal health care and I want uh, progressive, like, pol- like policies. Then you, like, shop for Canada, right? Or something, I don't know, UK. Mm-hmm. So it's like as if you, you can, if you have that, like, freedom of movement, you have that capability, you have the income to be able to do that kind of thing it also enables you to shop for your value system that you want right? mm-hmm. um, so i kind of think of nation states transitioning to being like where you're like they're just act like actively trying to market themselves i mean they're already they're oh, always yeah. are Absolutely. like propaganda but yeah like, it'll be like to the next level where they're like they, they themselves that kind of act like a corporation where they have to market themselves like yeah, yeah. in a crazy way but yeah
2: yeah like you that's happening like Slow, that's a great point like I see that for like Dubai for example the right. Emirates like Thailand of course uh, South America Yeah, it's huge now mm-hmm. and that's that's definitely going to be more and more prominent um, one other thing that you raised that was interesting was like the the political landscape initially when you talked about it oh um, was it it's slipping me right now slipping my mind but um uh, anyways yeah we'll come back to you.
0: Um but okay so like so say, do you have like interesting points for like the uh, opposite though? <laughs> but yeah. No, I think
1: I think you convinced me that remote work is coming rather than hybrid because of your travel point. Um, and I would like to note, though, that that person I interviewed with that said that there was a lot of management overhead was, like, very close to our age. Um, so that's, like, kind of the counterpoint of that, that even though you're saying that's a boomer mentality, there are still those amongst us who do believe that, like, you know, to get work done, you have to have your butt in a seat to, like, you know, and have But do you know why that
0: happens? Because, like, when, okay, speaking, like, from a millennial standpoint, I remember when I was a like a like an intern or a co-op student Mm -hmm. and what happened is that like the the my managers were i guess gen x's per se or they might Mm -hmm. be boomers right and it's kind of this idea where like they behave in a way to to make us pay our dues the way they had to pay their dues to their manager yeah right and then they so they they have this transference of this kind of culture so this it's almost as if like this work culture has some sort of inertia from yeah. generation to generation. Yeah. But I think like what's what's I'm uh, at least happy to see is that at least from a millennial generation and hopefully <laughs> Gen Zs is that we realize that this like I guess draconian or whatever like <laughs> word for this type of like management style is not the proper management style. Yeah. Nor is it the way we, what we want to parent our children, right? And so. So our behaviors have been a lot more laxed and also based off of our like our generational experiences of like going through financial crises like and, and knowing that, you know, owning a home is such a distant future that like it made us more, I guess, bohemian, bohemian in a sense or more hippie in a sense. That, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. And another key factor that is going to drive this hard is talent. Right, we're entering a world where specific niche talent is very rare, like in these, you know, whether it is AI, ML, like cybersecurity, whatever, whatever you wanna, yeah, and and willing to work, right, and willing to communicate in like in a way that is effective, like not to bash on any, we all come from different backgrounds, but being able to no matter how smart you are, how good you are at solving a technical problem, mm-hmm. if you can't translate that to layman terms for whether it is for execs or for anyone else, it's not very effective. Right? Like that's why a, a lot of these innovations come from like there's there's usually someone that can translate those things that end up being the the kind of the the what is it called? Like the the enablers, of like mm-hmm. like I'm thinking about like startups and things like that. Yeah. They usually, There's usually a founder that has that ability, right, yeah. to bridge that gap. So that's why I think no matter how much you brain drain other countries, um, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to fill that talent gap. And the people that do have the talents, like, for example, we're getting there. We're getting to that peak. Our generation getting to that peak. We're, we're going to be the most top desired talent. There's not going to be a lot of other people that at our level that can, that have, even if you could speak the language, the the, the cultural piece mm-hmm. of it, right? Like, you know, there's little nuances in, in the global north that someone that comes from somewhere else will take some time for them to, mm-hmm. to understand, right? So all of those things will play a role in creating this pool of talent that will, that will know that they're high value and high, highly desired. And if they disperse across the globe, Then it's almost going to force people. And if you if you create exceptions here and then obviously that's going to not be fair because it's be like okay why is that person allowed to be remote and I'm not yeah right so that is going to be also uh, at least from my perspective I see that and I even I I even see that in like in in my experience in my personal experience like where there's like AI and ML is a very new thing like. And with the, with the huge, I think COVID was this, it's all as, as horrible as it was, it was almost like a catalyst in this awakening that I think happened mm-hmm. where a lot of people, especially older people, older generations realized that, you know, they have been slaving away and for what, right? Mm-hmm. So many people retired that they didn't need to retire necessarily because not, not only because of that, uh, that, the whole COVID awakening thing, but also because there was a huge transfer of wealth to these people, right? Because they owned properties and whatnot and their values skyrocketed. So they was like, okay, what am I? I don't really need to, I just might as well retire, use my time towards myself. So that happened. So now you have a huge population of people that were, were kind of leaving or on their way to, out of the workforce. So there's this big gap right there. And so all of these niche talents in these uh, um, specialty tech areas are becoming more and more rare. Mm. There was a huge uh, war on talent like a couple of years ago, two, three years ago. Like all of these companies that are doing mass layoffs were on massive hiring sprees of trying to like DeepMind, for example. For the longest time, they they had what, like something like 90% of all some ridiculous number of AI talent and that that is not to say that they literally had like a lot of people there wasn't a lot of people right so um, and and then go, uh, and going into um, this kind of world with the younger generations coming in and the younger generations you know how you and like I grew up in a, in a world where it was like oh Wall Street suits. lawyers and all of these things that's what people aspired and that looked cool right now there's some kid on youtube making 25 million dollars reviewing toys nobody's gonna want to work 14 hours a day commuting into some office wearing a suit making like what 100k and for the next 40 years of their life like climbing some ladder when there's all of these crazy opportunities like Cutting messy videos on YouTube and traveling the world, like you think that's that's going to be it. So so that that is again going to cause more and more like lack of talent in these areas that we need in the short term. Until we could get, get to this whatever we talked about the singularity where we can where AI can start doing a lot of these things and robotics comes into play and all of that. Until we get to that state, there's uh, watch out for that. There there is going to be these people are essentially, and I hope they realize it. I hope we realize it, and I think we are with, with this awakening and everything, that, that we are going to be we are going to be the next, I guess for a, a lack of a better term, the revolutionaries of causing this shift because it has to happen, right? Yeah. Whether it happens silently or like out there, there needs to be some sort of a push from the labor side because if we don't do it, and I'm, we sound like we sound like we're, we're calling for a revolution, <laughs> like that. There's no, there's no cult here. But <laughs> if we don't do it, whether it's a, from a in a united front or like individually, I think I think individually we all are kind of in the same page that we want to travel, we want to experience the world, we don't necessarily want to be tied down. Uh, some sort of a push needs to happen from the labor side; otherwise, these corporations will will push their agenda however ne- they need to yeah, yeah. so uh, i don't, uh,
0: so
1: right before like okay my whole thing was that like yes you convinced me that like more people <laughs> our age and like even our people like i don't know like the gen z's right they aspire to be m- way more like remote workers than people who want to wear suits and go into wall street every day mm-hmm. however do you trust that those people now say that you know it's a gen z it's 30 years from now, they've built a successful, I don't know, like, fashion YouTube video business, whatever. Do you trust that each one of those people will then hire remote workers of their own? Because that's what we're talking about, right? Because, like, there's no argument that everyone our age and everyone younger than us wants to travel a lot. However, do you trust them to also hire people in their best interest that, like, yes, my employee will get to travel more? uh, And I value that. And if so, then why? Because the only reason you would do that logically, putting aside empathy, because, you know, of course, you know, Mm -hmm. that'd be great. But like logically, why would these people who are now in charge, who value their travel, Mm -hmm. written life, Mm -hmm. want to hire people who also travel?
2: Yeah, that's a great point. I think for me, if I'm to put myself in their shoes, which is what I'm going to have to do if, if if, if I want to answer your question, um, it comes down to a couple of things obviously looking at it from like an oral like from a strictly business perspective yeah. I would ideally want some sort of like this becomes tricky I'm going to retract that statement and go to my first point my first point is about it is about empathy I think if I saw the benefits that remote work brought to me, and how productive I was as a human being, how mentally healthy I was as a human being to be able to do all of these things, and I know my peers and the people that I'm looking to hire would be wanting to do the same thing, I, I don't see why that would be an issue for me. I, like, I, I'm pretty sure there's been studies done on this where people, like, people have been productive on a four-day work week people have been productive on mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah. where you know there was that one ceo that took like zero or seventy thousand salary and then dispersed yep. the rest of it like yeah, yeah those people became devout like hard-working employees right like because because now you're creating something that is very rare right like it's and you're going to be able to push your business and your ideas to new heights because now you have people that are that you because it comes back to what you give i i truly believe that like if you if you were giving uh, if you're looking out for the best interest of your people those people will look out for the be- best interest of you if you're screwing over people no matter no matter what you do whether you put them in a cage in an office or you do remote they're not going to have they're just not going to be in it let's let's be honest we're not this is not post-world war Two. nobody's going to die of hunger like a worst case scenario like people here have like a pretty strong passport. They'll go teach English in somewhere else in the world. And now you just <laughs> start losing people, which is, which is definitely what's happening as well. So yeah. I think if I were to put myself in, in their shoes, initially I would, my response was going to be, I would do like something hybrid, like maybe operations would be something that I would want someone that has to be boots on the ground. Yeah. And then anything that is marketing tech, uh, things like that, social media, uh, optimization whatever that is that can be fully remote but yeah like that's that's kind of my answer and and there there will always be people that want like they do they, they want to be in a certain location and i think you can get that good mix of hybrid but majority i would i wouldn't mind doing remote that's my long answer
0: it does take a, a revolution in a sense and the reason i say that is because like that requires like putting the power again as you said like In the hands of the labor right Mm -hmm. but when you have like everyone trying to be tech or everyone going into ai and everyone you know because that's where the money is at right then you have this issue where it's like you've commoditized the job right you've commoditized like ai like doing being an ml engineer or a software engineer or product and management management or whatever it may be You've, you've essentially commoditized it. It's a, especially right now. It's not a. We're not in a climate where it's, uh, labor centric, right? It's the, yeah. the pendulum has swung towards the employers yes. right now, yeah. right? Yeah. And, For sure. And my fear is that like, there's a generation that's coming, that they're all learning computer science. They're taking computer science courses and everything like that. Expecting that they're going to get that high salary from tech, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's similar like finance bros in the, you know, back in the day where everyone wanted to do finance and order to get money. Yeah. But, but now it's like on a different scale because the demand is so high for, for all the industries. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, in that scenario, like, how are you going to get to that where you're going to be able to?
3: yeah
2: not yeah. have like a surplus of talent
0: yeah and yeah. and for me and especially because like because then if you're all fighting for the same and then and so then what's your choice as a employee okay well i can either like get very very good at what i do but then how much better do you have to be when like when the one percent is very large now that that pie is huge right right that absolute number of one percenters yeah is huge with like all of India, all of China, you know, Europe, you're competing with all those in laborers. Like they're all trying to learn computer science. Mm-hmm. Like, Holy shit. That's yeah. A, yeah that's yeah. a tough one. Right. So then it's like, then you, then you're like, okay, fine. I'll specialize. But then how niche do you have to get? Right. It's yeah. Or, or then the other option is like, okay, I combine different fields. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have to find your niche there. So it's, to be a, to differentiate yourself coming from a labor standpoint, is is so going to be much harder as time goes on, um, as we get more and more remote and as we get more and more global, like yeah, and uh, and so one thread of hope that I could see there too is like okay, what if like all these people that got laid off, you know, recently, like many of them just start to do startups that are more remote focused and that are more you know, mental health focused or something like that where like more labor focused because they've experienced that. They don't want to give that experience to others. Maybe, I mean, that could be a sense of hope where mm-hmm. and, and those new startups are being run by a younger generation. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think the, the the one thing we have to understand is that we need the talent. Almost AI and ML has become a ger- general purpose technology, and it is going to be across the board in, in every industry. So we're going to need people to take us to that new, new age of AI and ML, right? So there is a lot of talent, and I still think that the talent that is here in the global north, for the most part, is going to be different than than anywhere else, anyone else coming into into this side of the world just based on my own personal experience there's it takes a lot to understand the culture understand the language it's not going to be the same like that that there's there's definitely like uh, some friction there and some uh, learning curve there that that is going to challenge people coming in
0: you're talking about the short term because like yeah short term for sure because your midterm to long-term vision is like like this remote workforce right yeah in this which is more cross-cultural right? So if you're right, build a Absolutely. business, Absolutely. you're going to have to remove that cultural barrier. Okay.
2: I agree there. The other thing that I think is going to happen is we're going to have a split in, in this kind of like chase for what is the next big thing, right? Previously it was finance, whatever. Now it's tech you were saying, right? Yeah. But we know that in the end stage of this, this tech is, it is going to cause a lot of automation and it's going to, reduce, uh, like we're going to uh, uncharted territory. We don't know what that's going to look like. Eventually, once all of these industries move up to this new data age, new AI age, uh, there's going to be a lot less work. And that is where human creativity comes into play. That is one thing that we still haven't figured out with AI and ML is like, how how do we mimic human creativity? And that's, I see a lot of people that whether it is they've completely pivoted and chosen a more like um, unconventional path, career path, whether they're doing like, you know, they're doing personal training, for example, they're doing holistic wellness and they're doing like all of these new kind of fields that are coming out in a different world that we're in today, right? Um, in, in in a very like decentralized and remote way, I I, like just being on social media and talking to people. I know so many people that do this, and then there's a whole aspect of like people going back to like creating things. Whether you said the necklaces or like whether it is something like um, like very very niche, Mm -hmm. I think those things are going to get more and more in demand, and it's going to require a different like pool of talent. So I don't I don't necessarily agree that everyone is going to going to go to this kind of this side of the world I think um, now that we are going towards a more awakened world we need people that are healers people that ha- can help us move because we have been sitting on a desk for the past I us and our generation that. before us have been sitting on desks for the past what 60 70 years yeah, yeah. like we're gonna need t- t- people to connect us back to our the 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 things that bring us like happiness in this physical world that now we're like kind of realizing that whoa like i need this balance right because we're shifting towards a very like deep end of this we're getting thrown at it like if you look at 20 years ago versus now and you look at what's going to happen 10 years from today there's going to be some major shifts that happen so like all of these things that we have stepped away from you know like um our like we can talk we can get into the de- details of it but like food there's like a whole sect of people that are going back into farming like you know doing like regenerative farming and things like that like there's this very um i met someone that had that done, did their uh phd in like um, public policy or something and they said that <laughs> and this was a very like uh I think this was part of their thesis. They said that the next revolution that happens will be led by farmers.
1: Hmm. hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think I've s- like heard that a lot, right? Like yeah. the agriculture is going to be like a huge. I mean, not just that, but also like water. Water. Yeah. 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 So both of those things, just like the base human needs, <laughs> like yeah. we need to eat and drink, and, and we need
2: to eat and drink proper things, right? Like we have been, like, we've been, we've been. Kind of like, I I don't even have a word for it to be honest. Because I come from like, I I grew up in, in a good chunk of my life, one third of my life, in somewhere else where I had like, you know, everything that I ate and consumed was within my radius. Like whether it was the poultry or like the meat or like bread, everything like from from wheat to flour to bread, I, I it was walking distance from like like the raw materials the raw material yeah Yeah. and then coming here and then realizing the impact of like the diet that we have here a massive
1: process production chain
2: massive Mm -hmm. and it's like the only reason we we have been able to kind of sustain this kind of a lifestyle is because genetically we we were we're the human body is very resilient right? It can sustain a lot. And for the most part, majority of the generations now and before us did have some sort of a whole whole food diet initially. And we're we're going into diverging into something else, but I want to make my point here quickly. Um, We did have some sort of a healthy diet, right? Whether it was our parents or us, we ate to an extent we did eat. But now with these newer generations, and it's been very much processed. So like, I think that we're going to feel the impacts of that a lot quicker than we did the generations before where it took up to like, you know, we were eating like garbage up until our 20s or 30s because our bodies were built resiliently, whether it was our parents or us eating better. And then we once we hit our 40s and 50s, all of a sudden, normally healthy people are seeing these crazy things pop up in their body. Where did that come from? Like, like that, that has a lot to do with Sure, there's a lot of mental aspects of things as well, but like that does have a lot to do with, with the things that w- we consume. All of these things that we consume essentially build, build us, right? So I think that that resiliency, we're going to lose that in the, f- in the younger generations. And then people are going to start realizing that it is, it, is, it, is, it is the water, it is our food that is causing a lot of these things. And that's also going to be another factor for pushing us towards a more global society. Because being in places like when you travel, you see like, okay, I'm feeding this food It came from that tree. You know? The yeah. cows are on the fields, the chickens are not, there's no like crazy farms where there's like a thousand chickens in this one little cage. Like,
0: nah. I think that's like a, again, like a value selection system, right? Where it's like you're shopping for your value system. So like, mm. let's say you care about, I want mangoes in the middle of January. Like, that's a that's a thing that in canada or us we could do very well right like mm-hmm. that's that's we, we we just care about can i go can we just care about convenience it doesn't care we just want to smash our mouth with like delicious like
2: preservative <laughs> gmo as
0: long as it tastes good but it <laughs> but doesn't taste mouth. good not- <laughs> <laughs> uh, this goes said. back to that the whole conversation
1: we're having too like <laughs> it's like yeah that's all we care about like regardless of like what process was used
0: yeah and I think the people who care about like what that process was yeah they probably will move out of these countries yeah. or move somewhere else um but that's
2: what I was saying it's going to these things there is going to be like new industries that come out out of this like like this whole like shift that we've had yeah in the past few years
0: i'm just like to me though is like going back to the niche thing though is like yeah like we have to be creative in terms of figuring out what our niche is but that's going to be with the global labor market and where corporations can go shopping anywhere yeah i just this fear that like there like is there enough like jobs for everyone to do and and do people have the skill sets or awareness, you know, based off of their upbringings or whatever past experiences to be able to navigate and figure out that niche that they need to be in? Especially yeah. like where we're living in a world where like even in your niche, there's competition, right? Like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that's kind of my fear for that.
2: Yeah, no, I think, I think in a way we're, as much as we're moving forward, with everything, there's also going to be a need to step back and go to more of our primitive ways mm. in order to like, whether it is to heal ourselves or whether it is to like move better. And, and we, we are living and breathing examples of that, right? Like just based off the classes we've taken, like the exponential growth that we have seen from the way we have trained, yeah, right? For me personally, has it's been, it's been revolutionary. It, like, I, I know we've thrown that term out a lot today
0: but it has truly He's been Steve Jobs <laughs> 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 the title this episode The Revolution right? The, revo- <laughs> the, revolution. the <laughs> upcoming revolution <laughs> The
2: eminent revolution um, yeah it has been and, and I think I see like a, a, a huge demand in that space mm-hmm. that is not something there's not a school for it right there isn't a school that teaches you how to do like at least that I know of that is readily accessible that teaches you how to build a regenerative farm or how to learn how to move your body in the most optimal way, uh, how to like uh, fix your immune system, your your all of these things that we have within our body that we have either used like band-aid solutions like like you know the the or whatever our our kind of uh, reactive medical system has thrown at yeah. us. Right? Like, there is going to be... And I'm just taking the sample pool of, like, population around us. Obviously, I don't have, like, all of the... A lot of it is anecdotal. But, I I mean, that's what we're doing here, right? We're shooting
0: the shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, to be fair, I don't... I haven't, like, put references up for some of the things I've said. This is just (laughs) because we're just shooting the shit. (laughs) Listeners, we're shooting the shit... Just, just accept it. Yeah, we'll give you <laughs> there's reference. That, there's shit on your face right now. No, I'm just no. <laughs> Nice, nice. Come back hey, for episode hey, three.
3: Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> Anyways, um, I apologize, Daddy Lex. Uh, <laughs> if you're watching, <laughs> I want to make an episode called Daddy
1: Lex. <laughs> That's what we
2: should name this. Just like random. <laughs> <laughs>
1: episode, episode two, Daddy Lex. Daddy, the daddy likes experience <laughs>
2: oh man imagine yeah. having him here one
0: day oh, one day one day do you know what we'll do in that episode we all have to wear like a black suit with a black tie Yeah. yeah. yeah that, that has to happen
1: he just comes
2: in a t-shirt <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> we'll push DEI on him it's like you have to come this is the, this
0: is the DEI world now <laughs> all right so i i think like to to kind of move things along the last thing i want to cover um even though it's been a like a pretty longer episode than last is our longest episode yeah yeah i know right (laughs) (laughs) ever Ever. Ever. (laughs) out of two episodes yeah (laughs) um but i think it's an important one to cover which is like how do we deal with this how do we deal with remote like from our experiences and how we plan on navigating it Mm -hmm. and um personally or yeah personally
1: Personally. (laughs) what i was gonna ask personally or our generation
0: no like how personally you're navigating it and then like how maybe like a general advice for those um a future generation or our generation or even an older generation whatever it may be but like what uh yeah what general advice can you give based off your experiences and um and how you plan on navigating this this world given what's happening
1: I guess um, I've always been way more productive in remote work. Um, it's I think a huge negotiation point for me. Um, not that I wouldn't be willing to do hybrid. Um, I think that that would be cool to try, but the scale of the hybrid, like three days a week, four days a week, I don't know if that's hybrid anymore. Um, but um, yeah, like in terms of like I'm moving forward, how I'm gonna handle it. Um, Try to find, I would try to find a way, if I could, to create some sort of value from me being remote. And I think that's where the whole sales process comes in and like kind of a throwback to like when we were talking about, you know, is it going to be remote in the future or hybrid in the future or what? I still don't believe that there's a direct advantage to the employer, other than empathy, um, to allowing your employee to be remote. Um, I think that usually employers don't care, right? I mean, like, at at best, they don't care, because if you're a work-oriented person, you don't care. Like, they're going to get their work done, then you don't care if they're at home or wherever. But there will always be some percentage that do care whether you get it done in a certain way or in a certain location. I think there'll, there'll there'll be more and more of a minority, but that percentage will still be there if I could somehow develop a skill to be able to sell to those people that it is advantageous to allow me to be remote or other people, hopefully, also to be remote, um, I think I would count that as a success of mine. I mean, you know, to be able to convince someone, that's always, mm-hmm. of, like doing something
0: like good is always a success in my mind. All right, but now there's people out there that are like, say, um, you're not convincing my boss, what the fuck do I do? Or like, Or, like, yeah, but, you know, maybe they do, like, remote, but then they want to be able to be better at navigating. Let's say someone graduated recently, and they're, like, trying to figure this shit out. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe they're, yeah, maybe they're recent graduates. Like, how would you, what advice would you give them now that they're, like, they, they never met their boss in person, right? Like, how does that go?
1: You're talking about, like, the other end
0: of this, where, like, you know, I'm talking
1: to someone who, like, is asking me how to navigate from like
0: never being in
1: office and like how to like solve their challenges like it's kind of the other end of yeah like I mean
0: think of like the contrast between like yeah being in office versus like um, like how an advice you would have given if this person was in the office like your this engineer was in the office or whoever versus now where you know like I like I've never I've only met my. Former boss once in person, and that was pre pandemic. Hmm. Yeah, but it's all remote.
1: I would say, I think going back to the donut thing that I shared, um, set aside some time, whether, and it's awkward to do this, um, which is why apps like Donut or Gather exist, um, but like set aside some time to not talk about work. And no matter what, like at, uh, you might encounter some situations where, like, you know, you schedule a one on one with your boss to like, Talk about skiing or something um, and they just kind of derail into work I would then now this becomes a different conversation how do you then direct the conversation back into being a human one Um, but I would say yeah at a top level schedule some time to do like water cooler talk because that is I think is the biggest thing that's missing when you go from in person to remote work because that happens naturally in person it does not happen naturally ever remote work right you? what about me? Uh, what
0: advice would you give to like those like younger people who are mm. just entering like, the workforce yeah. but before you do that like talk about like how you plan on navigating this remote the fact that you're going to go into well, I mean you already are mm-hmm. like how do you plan on like navigating this world where it's going to be remote more and more remote right and uh, yeah and then and then say his question
2: can I do that The latter as my closing thoughts and answer say's question first. Sure. Okay. So for Say's question, I think I agree. Networking is king. Mm. Um there's that whole saying about it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um a lot of skills, especially in this day and age, can be learned. Like you there's there's models out there that can teach you things, there's free courses. There's a lot of stuff out there, but the, one, the, 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 the key ingredient in, in excelling in your career or in life for that matter is human connection and, and not just human connection, understanding how to communicate with humans, how to translate things, how to connect with them. It's very important. So, and this is something that I challenge, like I, I, I deal with and I struggle with myself. Uh, on the daily and it has become harder with remote 100 percent, i'm not gonna uh, you know dilute that in any way um but yeah if if there's anything i can uh, advice i can give you if you don't ask the answer is always no if you there's someone that you admire somebody that's a couple of steps ahead of you talk to them try to see if you can get some time to get face to face with them And this is kind of that perfect hybrid model that you're talking about. A lot of people, like, usually now do have a one-day or two-day in the office. If you can get, like, a month in advance, if you can get, like, 30-minute coffee with them and have that conversation face-to-face, then it does become easier to keep that conversation going, even remotely thereafter, afterwards. So, um, yeah, so just to piggyback on Say's point, that that is that networking piece is no i i don't even think it i think it's industry agnostic like it doesn't matter where you're at you need people are everywhere and until we have machines and you can somehow like i don't know hack them or whatever you need to talk to people so get out there talk to as many people as you can um believe it or not most people at least from my perspective i'm very like happy to help where i can like if there's someone that i can lend a hand to that i can pass on some knowledge to or some experiences to I'm always ha- open to doing so and I know that's the case for a lot of people that I know and it has been it has been one of the key ingredients to my career path as well as just asking yeah cool.
0: yeah like what I you? I think I think I It's funny because the first thought that came to my head when this question, when I was thinking about this is like, is the exact same thing that both of you just iterated as my number one thing, which is Mm. network, right? Like, um, it's so undervalued and I think as engineers, we're like, you know, we're just like, we'd rather just like just code or something like that or like do the work or, um, but like, and networking is, gets such a bad kind of, like, um, rep in a way because of, like, oh, it's just, like, a transactional thing. But it's not. I think the way to think about it is, like, you – instead like, try to feel like you're making a genuine connection with someone, whether it's a coworker or someone in your life. Um, because especially with remote work, I think everyone – and especially, like, because we talked about how the fidelity isn't there for human connection – and we're now more disconnected than ever. Like, be, being that person to create a connection with another person, another individual, is like, you have no idea how much of a big difference it can make in someone's life. Li- life. Like, you don't know what they're going through, right? Like, they might mm-hmm. be going through some shit in life, um, miserable shit. And the fact that you just took the time to, like, say hi and, like, know how they're doing and maybe even you opening up a little bit and being like, oh, yeah, you know, today was tough, right? Like, you know, I had a tough day. Um, like, I think it makes a huge difference. I think it makes, just making that so that connection. And so just being genuine, right? Even when you're networking, right? Like, I I've obviously, don't be like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, please help. I'm not trying to say that, right? Like, you know, like, obviously, you're in a professional setting, maybe, or whatever, right? But, like, be, be, you know socially appropriate but like but like you know you can always be vulnerable more and mm-hmm. more vulnerable right like like um and um and i think that's what really creates that deeper connection instead of thinking of this water cooler talk as being some bullshit right mm-hmm. like like oh yeah what's the weather like yeah sure weather is an important conversation <laughs> to have as a as a kind of like a social lubricant in a way but But yeah, like, you know, it's okay to even talk about like, yeah, you know, the weather is just kind of like making me feel a little bit down today, you know, like, or, you know, but it it sucks, but I'm here now and I'm having a a good time with you or like, you know, whatever it may be, but like just Mm -hmm. making that connection is like super important. And so whether it is through a Zoom call or, or, you know, real life, you know, please take the time to to connect with other people. Yeah. Um, and you never know what's going to happen yep. to your life. And with that, and, and you're maybe with that other person in the future. Maybe that person is going to give you that job later down the road. Or maybe mm-hmm. you give them the job. Or maybe you help them move. Or it doesn't, whatever it may be. Or maybe you're going through a tough time and they, they have the answers that you, you need. Like you never know. You never know how these connections, how like these dots are going to get connected.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so you might as well, you know. Put, in, put yourself out there and, and connect. And so I think that's super important. It's super important for your career. Um, and then the second thing is is like, you know, going back to this remote stuff is like, go do, yeah, shop for your value system. Like, I get it. Like, you might maybe you need to stay somewhere because like, you know, you need to take care of your family or maybe you want the big bucks. And so you go to the States or, or wherever but I think, like, the question you have to ask yourself is, like, you know, what type of lifestyle do you want to live? And the fact that we are moving into more and more of a remote place, you get to choose what type of life you want to live, what type of value system you want to you want to experience and live and contribute to, right? So if you want to be, if you think, like, living in Japan or living in somewhere else, it gives you that, that fulfillment of your values. And and the fact that remote work affords you that opportunity to be able to work in these other places, then go and do it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, um, I think, like, life is short, so do the thing that, you know, is going to provide you fulfillment. And so um, the fact that you have this, this like, amazing, wonderful opportunity to not be tied down to a particular city is amazing I have friends that that like literally like even though they're working for a company are like traveling all over Europe they'll work in Europe while they're working for a US company or they'll go to Mexico or Colombia Mm. and work there and and experience different things so like open yourself up to kind of like those types of experiences that's what I'd say
2: Yeah, especially when you're young
0: yeah definitely when you're young
2: Yeah, yeah yeah just just to back to your first point uh, and yours as well for me, like some of the most pivotal moments in my career have literally been uh, caused by strangers that I've just asked mm. and it would, I would not be where I am today if I hadn't just made yeah. those connections. And even though that has been the case, I to this day struggle with networking.
0: Oh, same, same. Yeah.
2: So, yeah if there's one thing that I can say is find resources, whether it is like taking, because it is human connection is that big, like it is the the underlying catalyst for any major thing in your life. Like if you think about it. So learning how to navigate that is absolutely crucial. And I'm going to look, that's what I've taken away from today's conversation is that I'm going to have to go do a deep dive and figure out, like, if there are books, if there's someone that can mentor me on this, I'm going to have to go figure that out because it is true. It is a very big part. Like, it's a huge gap. Um, so, yeah, if there's maybe next episode we can, if there's any resources that I come across, I'll, I'll happily share it in the next episode. Um, but that's something that I would recommend.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, maybe you have something to say about this stuff because, like, you were, you, you've you worked in the startup area, right? You've been CTO. Um, so you have some ideas about this kind of stuff. So like like either through observation or y- your own experiences. So how'd you go about it? The networking? Yeah.
1: Um, you've got to be able to take rejection so, so well, well. And I would probably say that that's the one biggest aspect to networking. Um, and the reason why I would say that is because, I mean... Honestly, here's like I'm not like some sort of like Fortune five hundred CTO. So the only way I know how is I'll go on LinkedIn. I'll send in mails to like people in positions that I want to also be in. um, Get no response from ninety nine percent of them, and one percent just for some reason is intrigued by their my question, um, and you know knows that I don't want to sell them something. Uh, and I'll actually make a genuine connection. And then once I do, I talk about what I want to geek out about. Like, I don't, like, actually try to sell anyone anything. Like, it's always usually, like... um, Genuine conversation. Yeah, and if they don't share the same hobbies or interests as me, me, like, it doesn't matter what they do. I don't want to continue the conversation, really, because I'm looking... This is a weird thing to say, but I'm kind of lo- looking for a friend first and like, um, to get ahead or whatever second. Um, and that's always been a rule with anyone I develop any sort of uh, professional connection with. Mm. Can you be my friend? And I think that runs pe- like opposite to what a lot of people say, you know, keep work at work, keep friendship, at fr- friendship, mm. but like, um, yeah, because I'm also in like a partially unique situation that I can kind of choose who I work with and everything like that. Um. I've just, like, A, learned to deal with rejection from people who, the amount of people that I'm like, oh my god, they have the exact portfolio that I'd love to be in their position and just genuinely ask them for, like, hey, like a, just some interesting tips, what did you do when you were my age? And they don't respond, it's heartbreaking. But, um, <laughs> being able to, like, get over that and pick the next person down the LinkedIn list that also satisfies that criteria is very important. And also, once you do that, try to see if they can genuinely be a friend, I think is my only two, like two bits. That's brilliant.
2: Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that. and so. like,
0: and as Say was saying about if if it's an internal person you're trying to network with, donut all these things. Yeah. Force a meeting upon them.
1: <laughs> yeah, force a meeting upon them. That's
0: talk
2: right. To, talk to their executive assistant. Yeah. Yeah. Make friends with the executive. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think being intentional is so important.
2: Yeah. yeah absolutely.
0: Um, all right. Uh, I don't know if like, if you want to end it there.
2: I have something else. Yeah. Okay. The one, the, I didn't answer the remote work oh, yeah, yeah. thing. So I just quickly want to end this w- with the question was, how do I plan on navigating the remote work environment? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to end it by a quote by Robert Anson Heinlein, who was an American science fiction author, an engineer and a Naval officer. He was sometimes called the Dean of uh, science fiction writers and he's am- amongst, he was amongst the first to emphasize scientific accuracy in his fiction, and thus was a pioneer of the subgenre called hard science fiction. So, this is how the quote goes. So, he says sp- specialization is for an- insects, which is to suggest that to truly live a creative life, one needs to experiment in as many different fields as possible. Um, the quote is often used to encourage people to explore different areas of interest and not limit themselves to one e- area of expertise. It's all been always uh, also been used in scientific literature to describe the ecological ex- specialization and generalism in insects, obviously. Mm-hmm. But that's that's kind of my a- and to just kind of sum it up is, is what I'm trying to say is that you are you are you're a lot more powerful than you think you are. Um, you know, explore like in your downtime. That's why I think remote work is so important is that you get that free time so you can figure out what is, what am I, what is my purpose? What, what value can I, what problem can I solve for however many people as possible? Whether that's a side hustle that you're taking on or multiple side hustles, figure out what that is for you. And yeah, you're not, you're not an insect. You're yeah, more powerful.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I, I think that's a really powerful thing to say because like, you just basically describe my career so far in many respects. If, if you guys all know it, like, you know, like, um, uh, uh, like I have a diverse set of experiences, and uh, but I think that would be interesting to share with everyone. And then in addition to that, B, you can share some very interesting stuff about your diverse set of experiences. Like I know, like you're you're investing and things like that. So yep. it'd be super cool to like, you know, teach teach these. To, to, yeah to the absolutely
2: audience. that's definitely a, a side hustle episode we should definitely talk more about it hey side here. hustle <laughs> topic side, yeah side, side hustle revolution <laughs> side hustle revolution
0: <laughs> <Possible> side <laughs> <hustles>. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> the backlog is strong including the podcast guys (laughs) give me money now (laughs) subscribe subscribe (laughs) thumbs up subscribe thumbs up on whatever platform yeah oh And 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 hound uh daddy likes to oh man
2: (laughs) to meet his dei criteria
1: if this gets back to him i'll consider my life successful (laughs) Um,
2: then we should call it daddy lex
0: daddy lex yeah <laughs> and then tag him <laughs> <laughs> yeah tag him with daddy lex that's right all right fuckers this is uh listen here you little shits <laughs> uh yeah so this has been the podcast i think like we we're good like, we're good we're, yeah Episode yeah so two
1: yeah this has been a really really good one i think um, it's really, like, I, I like this one better than the last one. I hope this, like, that trend continues. Yep. And, oh, actually, one closing comment that I always mm-hmm. want to add is, you know what I'm going to keep is, like, a KPI. Um, I, like, not viewers, not, like, revenue or anything like that. I want to know if anyone, like, if we've taught anyone. And I think that number is going to be zero for a long time. (laughs) No,
2: but uh, you guys have taught me things.
1: But I mean outside of the three of us. I'm not saying that we won't teach anyone anything. (laughs) (laughs) Like it comes down to A, like having listeners and B, having people who care about the content enough to reach out and say you taught me something. So, yeah, if anyone has ever learned something, reach out and say so. There's absolutely no benefit to you to doing that. Mm -hmm. It would make me happy. That's it.
0: That's that's an amazing point. I love that idea. Yeah, that's great. That. That's great. That. Like you want a friend. Yeah, please yeah, do just... reach out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> say he needs a friend. That's uh, all I'm really looking for. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you need if you seri- me, I'll be. Right. Yeah, if you need a serial killer he's... as a
1: friend, he's he's perfect. Oh my god! <laughs>
2: well, what number does does like before he becomes serial? a serial killer? <laughs> what is the <a> number? <laughs> Or that's for another episode i think
0: save puts a high bar for himself but yeah <laughs> all, right. All, right. all right um audience thank you for listening i hope you learned something please reach out to us and we'll see you next time on this podcast what is it called again not another meeting. not another meeting not another meeting peace guys Peace. Yeah.